Welcome to the Business and Personal Development Podcast with Chris Haroon, where you'll find tips on how to take your career to the next level. Good morning and welcome to our 173rd weekly webcast. Now, if this is the first time you're joining us, welcome. And if you've been with us before, welcome back. And so the way this call works is this is a two-hour AMA, meaning ask me anything. You can ask me business questions, personal questions, career questions, etc. So I can humbly help you or try my best to take your career to the next level. And thank you as always for, for joining us. All right, so what I want to do is I want to talk about a couple of quick topics first uh, before taking uh, your questions. So let me kick it off with this. Have you ever seen a commercial from Tesla? Neither have I. Now, what Elon Musk does is brilliant with his marketing strategy. So what he does is he leverages the media and he's controversial, but tasteful almost all the time. And some of the best brands in history have done the exact same thing. They've embraced controversy. So I'm gonna talk about Tesla and controversy, as well as salesforce.com and controversy, and Richard Branson's Virgin Empire and controversy. But before I go there, Let me kick it off with probably the most controversial uh, album that came out in the 1960s. And we can learn a lot about controversy and marketing from the Beatles. And so way back in 1967, in the summer of love, what happened was the Beatles released this masterpiece, Sgt. Peppers. And in this album, if you look really closely, it's kind of hard to see, but on Paul McCartney's shoulder here, you can see it says OPD. And a lot of people thought that meant officially pronounced dead. It's actually from uh, Ontario party poopers. I mean, Ontario Provincial Police, where I grew up. And so what happened was the Beatles actually played with this. And they started creating more controversy about Paul McCartney uh, being dead. And they were very controversial with the cover of this album as well. Their lawyers didn't want to release this album because they thought they'd get sued by all these other celebrities here, including Muhammad Ali. Now, what the Beatles did next was they came out with Abbey Road, which is my favorite album of theirs. And so with with Abbey Road, they played on the concept of Paul being dead. And obviously he's not dead, Um, but you can see here, this is a funeral procession, okay? And this is a really smart way of advertising using controversy, curiosity, and intrigue. And so in this funeral march procession, you've got John Lennon as the priest, you got Ringo as the pallbearer. You got George Harrison, God bless him, as a grave digger. And Paul McCartney as the corpse. Now, he's in bare feet and holding a cigarette there, which symbolizes death. And if you look closely, you can't see it here. But there's a Volkswagen Beetle, clever. And on the license plate, it says 28 if. And that means if Paul McCartney was alive when this album came out, he would be 28 years old. And so it's brilliant yet tasteful marketing. Now let's move on to talk about uh, Elon Musk. So Elon Musk doesn't spend any money or hardly any money advertising at all. It's brilliant, it's brilliant. Now, most companies like Coca-Cola, they spend about 10% of their annual revenues, meaning $4 billion annually on advertising. But what Tesla does is brilliant. So Elon Musk is very controversial as we all know. Uh, through Twitter uh, and other, uh, uh, other social media platforms. And by being controversial, 
and taking jabs at politicians every now and then. I love that guy. What happens is he gets free publicity. And so let's talk about Salesforce and then Sir Richard Branson when it comes to controversy. So what Salesforce does is Salesforce, since day one, since Mark Benioff founded the company in 1999, they've talked about how software is dead. And back in the late 90s, nobody understood that, myself included. And their logo initially was software with a line through it because traditional software is dead and cloud computing is the future. And what Mark Benioff did was he was on the conference circuit at a lot of conferences I went to when I worked in investing. And he also went on CNBC, the Jim Cramer show and tons of other uh, news television programs to talk about how software is dead. And it's brilliant and tasteful because it's basically free advertising for him. Lastly, let's talk about Sir Richard Branson, who's one of my heroes. He's always been very controversial as well. For example, back in the 1980s, he rented a tank and drove into Times Square with it. And he declared war on Coca-Cola as he was launching his own product called Virgin Cola to compete with this. Now, obviously you can't do that these days, but he got a ton of free publicity doing that. And so the bottom line is, if you wanna take your brand or your company to the next level, what you can do is you can think about being controversial and get interviews with the media. So for example, what I could do is I could say traditional business schools are dead. And I can also say that two thirds of HBS or Harvard Business School, if I can hang this up here, come on, there we go. Two thirds of HBS is BS. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I'm gonna hold it here. Laugh at me, not with me, please. Two thirds of HBS is BS or is two-thirds of Haroon Business School BS? I don't know. It's kind of funny to think about, though. So the bottom line is leverage controversy and the media, and you'll get free PR, which is priceless advertising for your company. Thank you. Okay. All right, let me get to your questions now. Dude, I can never get this thing up properly here, eh? Kills me. Ah, it's all right. As Salvador Dali said, if you strive for perfection, you'll never reach it. You'll never reach it. All right, now let me go on and get your, your questions here. Doing something a little bit different today. I'm wearing, a, wearing this shirt here. And uh, I'm doing it because it's really hot in this room. My AC is not working that well. Okay, let me get to your questions. So first up, I've got uh, Hisham. How are you, Hisham? Uh, Hisham uh, was my student actually at San Francisco State University where I taught undergraduate and MBA school classes. He's fantastic. He worked with me for a while, then he moved on to work at Amazon. Always great to see you, Hisham. And you sat front row on the right. I remember that back in the summer 2016. Okay, so Hisham wrote, good morning, Chris. Uh, hope all is well. I know that there are modules in your MBA course where you teach about how to invest. I was wondering, is there a standalone course where you teach uh, investing? Yeah. So I've got one uh, that you can access uh, on my website, uh, haroonventures.com, or you can go to udemy.com. And the name of that course is the Complete Financial Analyst Training and Investing Program. And what I did in that course was I, I created this pretend firm called Morgan Haroon Sachs, pretend firm, kind of like I'm a pretend teacher. And I teach you how to invest and I walk you through all the different departments of Morgan Haroon Sachs, meaning investment banking, banking trading, sales, et cetera. So, so check it out. Great to see you. Yeah. And a lot of it's going to be repetitive based on what I taught you in class, though. Yeah. Okay. Next up, uh, Hishin uh, also wrote here, 
uh, I want to take uh, investing seriously now and not fail in the trap that I already know this. And who better to learn uh, than from, from you? Thank you. God bless you. I appreciate that. If you want to take your investing game to the next level and make money when the market's going down, then what you can also do is you can check out my complete options course, which I released at the end of last year. And I teach you how to buy puts and calls and also how to write them so you can protect your capital and also make money when the market's going down, which it certainly is right now because of Russia, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately invading uh, the Ukraine. Yeah. And I looked at the highlights this morning on, on CNN. It's, it's terrifying. Uh, Russia uh, is trying to take over the Chernobyl plant right now. And they bombed, I'm sure you've seen all the news out there, uh, 80 different targets. Um, they said they're not, they're not civilian targets, but still it's, it's crazy that the world doesn't this happen. Okay, and now oil is above $100 a barrel, uh, the highest it's been since, I think, 2014. Yeah, and I think it might hit the all-time high it hit in the super cycle before mid-2008 when it was 150 bucks a barrel. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, Majed wrote, uh, Hello, Chris. I uh, hope you've had a wonderful start to your day. It's great, thank you. I, I feel awesome. Um, and then you wrote here, <coughs> pardon me, I was hoping you could share your thoughts on the future of General Motors. Uh, they've been focusing more on electric vehicles. Yeah, they, they, they kind of have to because of Tesla. And I just heard that Ford is no longer be spinning off uh, their, uh, their, their, their uh, rechargeable division or electric vehicles division, which is why the stock was down yesterday, not just because of geopolitical stuff with respect to Russia. Yeah, I think it's tough for GM to compete. It's, they, they haven't really been very innovative in decades. In fact, the company almost went belly up in 2008 and the government bailed them out. I remember at the time we were joking on Wall Street, kind of a sad thing to say, but uh, GM stood for government motors. And so I kind of don't see much innovation coming out of that company. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, next, next up, uh, Majed wrote, uh, which car manufacturer do you prefer? Uh, have you had the chance uh, to test drive? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, uh, I mean, I like Tesla. We just ordered one. It's coming soon. They said it was going to ship last December, but because of supply shortages with microchips and all other components, uh, it's actually going to come, they say, in April, which probably means July. So Tesla is my favorite. In terms of the car I have, I have a, a Mercedes. Um, I've always been a big fan of Mercedes, but I'm a nerd though, eh? Because the car I buy is usually predicated on how cool the dashboard looks, meaning the screen. And when we buy cars now, we're basically buying computers. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question is from Majed who wrote, what is the difference uh, between knowledge and skills? I work as an analyst in financial services, and I found that firms value skills, meaning programming, a VBA, Excel, uh, et cetera. Yeah. So I would say knowledge of human behavior. And what I mean by that is, can you connect with people? Can you sell? And nobody ever makes CEO or department head or is a successful entrepreneur without learning the knowledge of how to sell and just be personable and be yourself. And so I teach a lot about networking in my MBA program. You can always go to my website, haroonventures.com and download my networking book for free. So I would say when it comes to knowledge, the knowledge of human behavior is crucial. Now, a better book to read than mine is a book by Dale Carnegie that everybody should read or listen to the audible version. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And he teaches you how to deal with people. It's an oldie but a goodie. 
And he said in that book also that we have to understand in business that people are often creatures of emotion and not creatures of logic. And so it's incredibly important for us to be unemotional in business and learn how to bond with people as well. Read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And in terms of uh, Excel, um, oh, you'll love this. So what I'm doing right now actually is I'm, I'm actually working uh, with, with Excel to teach programming. It's the next thing I'm going to be doing actually, I'm going to be teaching programming. And I used to be a programmer back in the 90s at, at Accenture. And so what I'm doing is I'm trying to teach coding in a visual way. Why are you holding a submarine sandwich, Chris, Chris that says sub-procedure? Well, I'm doing this because when you program in Excel using Visual Basic for Applications, also known as macros, each coding element is part of a sub-procedure. And so I'll be teaching the basics of programming, and then I'll move on to Python and other topics as well. Again, I used to be a programmer back in the, in the, eight, in the 90s. I am that old. But when you look at a sub-procedure, if you open it up, you see different variables, formulas, etc. This is coming out very, very soon. This is just a work in progress right here. And I have a 3D printer, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, so I can't print these things right yet, but I'm working on it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, next question is, what are your thoughts on connections over a degree? Yeah. So I would say, uh, in, in general, if you network like crazy and you can't get the job of your dreams, then consider getting a degree. So for example, if you set up 100 networking meetings using the philosophies I teach in my networking book that you can get on my website, if you set up 100 networking meetings and you still can't change careers, then and only then consider going back to school to get a degree. And if you think about it, let's say that each meeting you take, each 100 networking meetings cost you a thousand bucks. So a thousand bucks times a hundred meetings is a hundred thousand dollars. And that's the cost of a traditional MBA. And so before considering going to a traditional MBA school to change careers, set up 100 networking meetings, cost you nothing. And you could save a lot as well. And relationships are always more important than product knowledge. Now, the interesting thing about getting a job is statistically it's true that for every job opening you see online, 250 people apply. And the person that gets that job is almost always the person that knows people at that company. So these are the rules. So what we do is we network, leveraging LinkedIn, and we set up informational meetings, as I explained in my MBA program, or you can go to my website, haroonventures.com, download the free book, because relationships are always more important than product knowledge. Okay, next up, uh, Sasuke the Gamer, uh, first time I've seen you on the call, I hope you join us again, wrote, uh, Sir, Chris, please. Uh, Chris, I have to pay, I have to pay $1 million, how can I? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, if you want, you can provide more color on the, the why you need to pay a million dollars, I'd be happy to give you my humble advice, yeah. Okay, next up, uh, Manas, who's one of my students uh, in India, where I have 11% of all my students. 19% is United States, keeps going down. Second biggest territory for me is, is India. Uh, Manas wrote, good morning, uh, my dear mentor. Thank you. Uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm always great. Call me Chris, please. Good to see you, buddy. Big news, I recently launched my newest course on NFTs and the metaverse and blockchain tech. And I didn't copy you. 
uh, when I was working on it. Thank you. No, no, awesome, awesome. And and I know you mentioned um, you you mentioned that uh, you, you took my crypto course before. I hope you you thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you want to copy that stuff or anybody on this webcast, any templates I provide you in my courses, royalty free. Just just use it. I'm, I'm here to humbly help if I can. And then you wrote here, uh, it's fun to teach because when one teaches, two learn. Very cool. And I've got an NFT course coming up as well soon. Won't be as good as yours. And I'm partnering with one of my amazing uh, MBA students who graduated last year, uh, a buddy of mine uh, named Peyton Kalawahea. And he launched GameReport.io. He's an NFT expert. We're going to partner on this. Yeah. Because when one teaches, two learn. And they used to say, those who can't do, teach. And those who can't teach, teach gym class. And I suck at sports and teaching, so you guys are all out of luck, yeah. I love teachers. Okay. Um, yeah, a question is, uh, the war is on, what is next? Yeah, well, it seems like that the market is pricing a significant increase in the price of oil. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, the, the human loss, uh, like a number of people died already this morning with, with all the bombings we've seen. God bless those those poor people that, that have passed away in, in the Ukraine. Um, so if, if Russia uh, and the Ukraine collectively decide to stop all shipments of natural gas uh, to Europe, then of course we're gonna see massive, massive inflation. You know, and, and we've got massive inflation problems right now, globally, you know, given low interest rates. So I hope they can find a peaceful uh, resolution. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and then Manas wrote, is this war going to throw us at least 50 years behind time? Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, God willing, Putin stops right there. But I don't want the world to give him an excuse to reassemble the USSR. Yeah. Or to give China an excuse to think about what to do next with, with Taiwan. So the one data point doesn't make a trend, but God willing, this is it. And with diplomacy, that this stops immediately. Yeah. It's painful to watch. Biggest invasion, I think, since World War II. Number of troops on the ground, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Manas wrote, if Russia beats Ukraine, which I believe you wrote here, I believe will happen, will it keep attacking all other 14 states to make one big Soviet Union again? That would change uh, everything forever. God, I hope not. And, and I hope this is not the beginning of a new Cold War. Um, it, it's frightening. It's frightening. God willing, it stops at that. Um, it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying, yeah. Now, in terms of uh, other countries that are dependent on the Soviet Union and Ukraine, it's hard because uh, Ukraine is the second biggest, I think, uh, grain exporter in the world. Uh, and so what we've seen is the prices of grains have gone up a lot. You can go to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and check it out. I was monitoring it recently. And I feel sorry for countries like Egypt, where my father is from, because they receive most of their wheat from the Ukraine. So... The only positive, and it's terrible to say there's anything positive about this, is not. I love farmers. You know, I love those that feed us. And a lot of farmers have gone through tough times over the past couple of years. But now farmers in America and in many countries, I shouldn't go there, but because grain prices are spiking, they are going to benefit. Uh, but at what cost? Yeah, the human cost is just brutal. Okay. Um, Next question is, do you think the United States is going to face Russia head, head on if it doesn't stop invading new territory like Poland and Belarus or further into Ukraine? Uh, the future will change everything. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if they did Poland and whatnot. Uh, maybe try to reassemble the, the USSR is what they're thinking. I, I don't know. But I know that uh, when it comes to Putin, it, it's terrifying because he did, he did his dissertation or his thesis 
when he was in university on how the Soviet Union can control all the commodities in the world. Yeah, so it, it is frightening. Hopefully it stops at this, yeah. Next up, Shiva wrote, uh, Hi, Chris. Hope all is well, likewise. I have a question about the Venture Capital Bootcamp business plan uh, spreadsheet. Yeah, uh, and so in, in my MBA program, what, what she was re uh, referring to is in the third semester, and you can go to haroonventures.com and check it out, I have a Venture Capital Bootcamp where I teach you how to start a company, write a business plan, raise money, uh, etc. Okay, so the question is, it successfully opens uh, in Microsoft Excel, but the buttons mean the images on the top of the page aren't working for me. I double check with, with some of my classmates. Oh, wow, it, it works for me. Um, if you want, what you can do is um, you can email me right now at support at haroonventures.com and in about an hour, remind me and I'll take a look uh, at, at the spreadsheet in more details. Thank you. Okay. All right. Give me one second here to catch up here. Okay. Okay, ne next up, uh, Sarah wrote, uh, good morning. Uh, I hope everyone is safe and well. Uh, at peace to the globe. Amen to that. I'm with you. Uh, moving on to Ali, who's one of my, my MBA students. Good to see you, Ali. Uh, Ali wrote, uh, hi, Chris. It's Thursday again. Yay. Uh, another chance for me to grow uh, in knowledge. That makes two of us. I, I learn a ton based on the questions I get from my students. Good morning, Dan. Good to see you. Next question is from Manas. Uh, it might be a comment who wrote, thank you for everything, my mentor. Uh, stay safe. And we hope to see each other next week and forever and ever. God bless you and your family. And then you wrote, your background is dope. Keep it up. Thank you. I tried something a little bit, little bit different today. Yeah. And, and these are called tombstones. And so when I worked at, at Goldman Sachs, uh, I worked on a big IPO called NTT Docomo uh, back in the, in the 90s, 1998. It was $18.3 billion IPO. And, after you, and I was great at photocopying. I was a grunt. But what happens is after an IPO, you get these little toys called tombstones. I, I just got one from Udemy. And this here is from my, my students in my, my, my MBA program at our graduation. They got me this. Uh, Christina, uh, who is the head of uh, the, the Alumni Association, uh, awarded that to me. And thank you. I love my students. Okay. All right. Next up, CSS uh, wrote, uh, I've seen uh, one Tesla commercial. Uh, it's a Tesla in the moon or Mars. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. He spent all that money to send that that that, that Tesla in space. And then you wrote, uh, it, I was sh it was shocking that they did a commercial. And yes, uh, it was out of this world. Oh, I, I love the pun. Uh, the Tesla uh, came out of a capsule. It was good. Yeah. No, I, I Elon Musk is genius, man. Absolutely a genius. Okay, next up, I got Eric. How are you? Eric uh, was in my MBA program a couple years ago. He's my first student to publish a book in my MBA program. Uh, on January 2nd of 2020, he published a book called uh, Ego Trip. Uh, he worked uh, for Bristol Myers, uh, then Apple, and now he works for a very large Japanese pharmaceutical. Great to see you, bud. Um, so Eric wrote, uh, Tesla launched uh, one of their cars towards Mars. I love that. No, I saw that. It's very, very cool. Uh, and next up, I'm going to build uh, with my son Dylan with my 3D printer. Uh, we're going to we're going to build a Tesla, or print it out, whatever. Yeah. And all these objects that I'm using right now, uh, that I'm I'm using uh, for my courses and my MBA program, I have all these different 3D objects that I'm going to be putting into the metaverse when we have 100 case studies added to my MBA program, all in the metaverse. And a bunch of them are coming out later this year. Still work in progress. Okay, next up, uh, ALB wrote, 
how high has the VIX, how high does the VIX have to be that you consider buying stocks? That's a great question. And I'm, I'm monitoring this very, very closely right now. Uh, and I'll show you uh, what, what this means. Okay, so the time to buy stocks, which always works, okay? I put my reputation on the line here, is when there's an index called the VIX, when it hits 80, okay? So right now, uh, I'm gonna go to finance.yahoo.com. A little bit slow here. Oh, here we go, good, all right. And then what you do is you type in VIX, V-I-X, and there's an excellent circumflex at the beginning here, chapeau. Okay, and this here is the volatility index. It's spiking today because there's a lot of fear in the market. Let me show you a chart of this. Let me explain what it means. And then I'll wrap it up by saying why this is the best indicator when to buy stocks. So the VIX is a, an index that measures volatility. And when there's a lot of volatility, meaning when stocks are going up and down fast, that means there's a lot of fear. And the Chicago Board of Exchange, the CBOE, created the VIX index back in 1990. And the VIX basically tells you how volatile options traders think the S&P 500 will be in the next 30 days. And so if we take a look back here, we go back to the beginning of, of, uh, of when the VIX came out in, in 1990. And what I'll do is let me just squeeze this over here. Okay, whoops, here we go. But back in 1990, and whenever you look at charts, you, you can always tell a story. So um, I don't know how to do this anymore, man. Hold on. Okay, anyway, but back, back in 1990, what, what happened was, and, and I got to show this to you. This is worth the wait. Give me, give me one second, guys. Sorry. Okay, let's go back one year, and let's go back all time. Okay, this, this is good, yeah. Okay, so what, the, what happened was in 1990, the VIX came out, okay, the index. And then it spiked a little bit with Gulf War I. Uh, it spiked again in uh, 1998 uh, with the Asian financial crisis. It spiked after 9-11. Uh, and then it spiked uh, in 2008. And you can't see this, but intraday, it hit over 70. So, and what it did also intraday, it doesn't show it here, but in March of, of uh, 2020, it spiked to over 80. And so the bottom line is, whenever you see the VIX between 70 and 80, you buy stocks no matter what. And I promise you that if and when the VIX hit 70 or 80, and it will at some point, it always does, but if and when it happens, you're gonna tell yourself, oh my God, Chris is crazy and I feel foolish buying stocks. That's when you have to buy, when everyone else is freaking out. Because as Warren Buffett said, you gotta be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy and you have to be unemotional in business and with stocks. Here's a great example. When the VIX hit 80 last time, which was back in March of 2020, given COVID fears, everybody was selling stocks. The market was bottoming. And Elon Musk backed up the truck and bought a ton of Tesla and made a fortune. And don't forget, he actually sold a bunch of Tesla recently as well. And Tesla's down 38% uh, from the peak. And we're currently in market correction territory, which means the market is down 10% from the recent peak. And what that means is take a look and watch the VIX closely because when it goes between 70 and 80, we have to start buying stocks. Okay. Okay, and Ali, Ali wrote, who's one of my MBA students, he wrote, traditional MBAs are a lot of a BS. Yeah, HBS, two-thirds of HBS is BS. Haroon Business School? No, no, Harvard Business School. Uh, and Ali wrote, looking groovy, my mentor. Thank you, appreciate that. Okay, feels weird wearing a T-shirt here, man. Okay, next up, uh, Ava wrote, uh, hi, Chris. 
Can you please talk a little bit about NFTs, uh, what they are exactly, and why they're so popular right now? Yeah. So what you can always do, um, I've answered more than 10,000 questions in the past four or five years uh, doing this, this weekly webcast. And so what you can always do is go to my website, haroonventures.com, and search for any topic at the top here, anything, and I've talked about it. And so here you'll find a lot of things on NFTs. So I would watch this one here, but I'll give you a 30 second uh, recap. Okay, so when we buy art like prints and we put it on the wall, in the bottom right hand corner, usually it says number seven out of 300, for example. And so that's a limited edition print. And think of NFTs as the same thing as that. They're a limited edition print, so to speak. Now, if there's only one NFT that exists, like an original Picasso, it's worth a lot. If there's 300, like prints, then it's worth something, but not as much. And so the bottom line is you always have to look at the supply when it comes to any investment class. You know, like, like land. My grandfather, God bless you, I miss you, used to say, Chris, buy land, they're not making it anymore. And so when you look at NFTs, you have to make sure the supply is limited. Now, there's a ridiculous bubble right now in the market, which is human nature. It happened back in the 1600s with tulip bulbs as well. History repeats itself. So be very, very careful. But if you want a way to invest in NFTs, and this is what I've done in the past, I invest in the best platform for NFTs, which is Ethereum. And the Ethereum platform is where most, most NFTs are birthed. And the same thing with ICOs, which is like IPOs, but for cryptos. Most of them are done on the Ethereum platform. And so the bottom line is, whenever you look at investing in any type of company, especially tech, you want to invest in platforms because if you own the roads, you can charge the cars. And for more details on NFTs, uh, just go to my, my website and do a search, please. Thanks. And I've got a course coming out soon on that topic uh, with Peyton Callahay, who's one of my wonderful students here. Okay. Um, uh, next up, uh, ALB wrote, what is your opinion on buying a business even without entrepreneurial experience instead of building a business from scratch? Yeah, yeah, so that, that sounds like private equity. So I'd be very, very careful with that. And before you start a company or invest in any company, I want you to write a full business plan. And I teach that in my MBA program in the third semester in the Venture Capital Bootcamp. And the way you know you have a great business model or business plan is if you actually finish, is if you actually finish the business plan, you write the whole thing. And most business plans I've written, I've never finished, which means I haven't started too many companies. But the ones I finish are the ones where I start the company in. I'm not always successful, but sometimes I do okay. So the bottom line is write a full business plan with me in the MBA degree program before you start your company. And I teach my students in my MBA program, you know, how to start a company with no money, okay? You always want to use OPM, not the drug, but OPM, other people's money. Don't get a loan from a bank because banks are chicken. And if you are late with one payment, they can take everything. I want you to get high net worth investors to invest. And I've humbly raised and managed over a billion dollars in my career by networking. And so take my MBA degree program or go to my website, download my networking book for more tips on how to network and meet high net worth uh, investors, yeah. But when you start a, a company, I want you to be really, really careful about not producing a product. And if you are gonna produce a product, and I'll get to this in a second, 
if you are gonna produce a product, sell it first. Kind of like what Michael Dell pioneered from his dorm room in Texas back in the 1980s when he started taking orders for computers. Then he built them and he collected interest on the cash he collected and then he actually sold them. So this here is a cartridge that was buried in the middle of a desert in Arizona. What happened was back in the 1980s, the video game sector imploded. And at the peak of the video game craze in the early 80s was after the movie E.T., the Atari Corporation released this game called E.T. And it was so bad. And they produced hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these things. And nobody bought the game. It was terrible. My dad bought it for me for Christmas, my brother and I, Jamie. It was so awful. You were E.T. chasing around an M&M walking backwards. It was terrible. But Atari and the entire video game sector went belly up. In the, in the early 80s because of inventory concerns. Even Coleco, which stands for the Connecticut Leather Company. ColecoVision was my, my, my platform when I was a kid where I played this, yeah. So the bottom line is be very, very careful with inventory, okay? If you're gonna sell a product, please try to sell it and then make it. Okay, uh, next up, uh, CSS wrote, uh, by the way, uh, good morning, dear teacher, Chris, thank you. Uh, it's, it's days like this, uh, you, Ukraine invasions, to pay attention to the experts, our mentors. I consider you uh, one of my top mentors. Thank you, I appreciate that. And I, I have a student in my, my Platinum MBA program who, who's from Kiev, uh, and he just actually, uh, he flew to Israel to stay with his family there, and then he's gonna go back, hopefully soon, yeah. And Kiev is getting bombed right now. Okay, uh, moving on to, to Hui, who wrote, good morning, Chris. Uh, hope you and your family are well. Thank you, likewise. My question is, can someone be a day trader for a living? In other words, can we make a living off of day trading? Thank you. Yeah, that's a great question. No, I don't think you can. And I'll, get, I'll tell you why, it's very simple. You can't forecast events. And geopolitical random events that fool us, and there's a great book on this topic called Fooled by Randomness, you should read, uh, by Nicholas Taylor. There are geopolitical events we can't forecast that cause stocks to go up and down, like COVID or 9-11 or, or, or this terrible invasion of the Ukraine. And if day trading was a career that you could actually you know, profit from, then we know the names of a lot of successful day traders. We can't name them. We know a lot of long-term investors that are great uh, at what they do, like Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, and many, many others. But I can't think of a single day trader. And the reason is because each month has 20 weekdays, meaning 20 days when the market's open. And the way you can't make money every month unless you're a corrupt hedge fund like Axe Capital. So it's impossible. So when you look at stocks, I want you to look at the following in this order. Fundamentals valuation, and then a distant third is technical analysis, okay? And use technical analysis as an opportunity to add to a position if it's oversold or take a little bit of profit, a little bit, if a position gets too big and it's overbought. FVT, fundamentals, valuation, technicals. And I provide many frameworks along those lines in my MBA program. Okay, next up we got Eric uh, from the Netherlands who wrote, uh, hey Chris, good morning, good morning to you too, buddy. 
Uh, I really like the metaverse you created. Can it be shown elsewhere or is it still to be kept secret? Yeah. Well, you're, you're in the MBA program, so you'll, you'll get access uh, later on this year. And anybody that's purchased my MBA program, go to haroonventures.com to take a look. 30-day money-back guarantee. Anybody that's purchased it in the past will get free access to the metaverse version as well. And what I'm doing is I'm adding 100, yes, 100 case studies all in the metaverse. And those are additional lectures. And the one I'm working on right now is cool and you'll love it. It's a hypothetical case study where Apple is considering buying Nintendo. And in this metaverse case study, what we do is we start hypothetically at Apple's spaceship headquarters here in Cupertino. And we see their investment bankers talking to them. And they say why they wanna buy Nintendo. Then we teleport to Tokyo, or to Japan, I should say. Uh, uh, it, uh, uh, and, and I can't remember where Nintendo's headquarters are. It's not Tokyo, it's not, it's Kyoto actually. We go to Kyoto, that's right. And what we do is we go to Nintendo's headquarters and we talk to them as well. And Miyamoto-san, the brilliant you know, creator of Mario, Donkey Kong, etc., he says why he does want to take the deal. Then we teleport to Central Park or an office building by Central Park to Goldman Sachs' offices, right? Hypothetical, of course. And we meet with their investment bankers. And then what you do, the student, is you're supposed to drag and drop Nintendo and income statement, Nintendo and Apple's income statement and balance sheet cash flow metrics and create a combined company in the metaverse to see if the deal is accretive or dilutive. Accretive means it helps earnings or dilutive means it does not. And so that's just one of many case studies that we're gonna be doing in the MBA degree program. It'll be a lot of fun. Will I make mistakes? Of course, but it'll be fun. Okay. In uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I did this call uh, from the metaverse. It's a really simplistic uh, example. I'll show you quickly uh, how that call went. This will take a second. So let's go to Aboot. That's how we say in Canada. Uh, weekly webcasts. And I'll scroll down here. Here it is here. Yeah. So what I did was I, I did the weekly webcast here uh, for, from the metaverse. Right. And this is a, a simplistic example. It's going to look a lot better than this. I promise you. Uh, but, but what I did, and I'll, let me full screen this, you can't see two of me in the corner. Um, but what I did was um, I actually had, uh, uh, this is my my house here, okay? Those are my kids, uh, Matthew, uh, Dylan, and Andrew. Uh, Dylan's homesick today, poor guy. Um, and then what I did was um, I also took you to uh, the conference room here. Um, and so this is kind of like a, an early rendition of what it's gonna look like. I'll probably build it on the spatial.io uh, infrastructure, which is free to use, anybody can use it. And apparently in the future, we, we don't have legs. Yeah, and that's Gordon Gecko. <laughs> a bunch of people came on the call uh, two weeks ago. It, it, was, it was fun. It was fun, yeah. And somebody actually had an avatar of me right here. Oh my God, dude, I was dying laughing. Look here. Somebody came in and created an avatar of me and was looking around and dancing and stuff and it kind of freaked me out. It's fun. All right, let me stop this here. Okay. All right, uh, next up, uh, Zoralina uh, wrote, uh, good morning, Chris. Uh, good morning to you too, hope you're doing well. Uh, what's your take on Rivian? Do you think they will stay number two uh, in electric vehicles after Tesla? I do, I do. I, I think Tesla is, is years ahead of everybody, yeah. And, and Rivian has that, that pickup truck, right? Um, and it's brilliant what Elon Musk did. Now, he didn't release a cyber truck because he said there's inventory concerns. But by announcing the cyber truck, 
a year or two ago. What he did was he took some mind share or potential market share from the Rivian product that was yet to be released. It was absolutely brilliant. I think that the, the smartest marketing person on the planet is Elon Musk. Okay, moving on to, to Koa. Hey, Koa. Uh, wrote, he wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, what do you think of the Russian invasion will affect uh, the, the financial world? Yeah, we're already seeing the, the impact right now. Um, so <sighs> Russia controls natural gas in Europe. Now, America is actually a bigger producer of natural gas uh, than Russia is. But 40% of all natural gas in Eastern Europe comes through uh, the Ukraine and Russia. Uh, and so they could jack up prices big time. Uh, and the market's already uh, pricing that in right now. You see natty gas prices are spiking and the price of oil is over $100 a barrel. And now compare and contrast that to about two years ago where the price of oil went negative. Do you guys remember that? How can you have negative oil? Well, people were freaking out back in March of 2020. And the price of oil, the futures price of oil went negative. How is that possible? Well, the reason it went negative is because people were panic selling, of course, which is when we buy always. And also the reason it went negative is because the cost to hold or keep an oil tanker afloat every day in the Baltic Sea and every region of the world, the cost daily is $600,000. And so that kind of explains why, along with people being too emotional, why the price of oil went negative. Yeah, remember, you got to be greedy when others are fearful and vice versa. All right. Uh, next up, uh, the Berlin, who's one of my MBA students uh, from San Bernardino, California. Great to see you. Uh, so the Berlin wrote, uh, Chris, good morning and to all. Uh, I believe Charlie Munger said in his latest Q&A that we're going to wish we had Volcker in our times. Does he mean inflation is going to get out of control or not? Yeah. So for those of you not familiar with Charlie Munger, uh, that is uh, Warren Buffett's right-hand man. And Volcker was the head of the Federal Reserve in the United States in the early 1980s. Now, interest rates in the early 80s were close to 20% in America. It was crazy. And the reason why interest rates were so high was because inflation was out of control, way worse than it is right now, way worse. And so Paul Volcker, who was the manager of the store of money in America, the head of the Federal Reserve, what he did was he flew to Germany in the early 80s and he met with Helmut Kohl. And he asked Helmut Kohl, in Germany, the time, the chancellor, for advice on how to control inflation. And the reason that he asked the Germans was because after World War II, the Deutschmark uh, went to ridiculously high, or uh, the supply of Deutschmarks increased materially, and you had to literally take a wheelbarrow full of cash into the market to be able to buy uh, a loaf of bread. Uh, and it was great advice that he got. He had to raise uh, interest rates. Um, now, that's the only way you can control inflation. Things are a little bit different right now. And let me explain what that means. I have lots of props here. So this here is a piece of the Berlin Wall. And I remember I worked at a hedge fund called Citadel. Dr. Alan Greenspan, who used to be the Federal Reserve chairperson, he gave us a speech. It was an awesome speech. And he said, the reason why we had unprecedented economic growth in the 1990s was not because of technology stocks or technology companies. It was because the Berlin Wall fell in 1989. And what happened was when the Berlin Wall fell, you had millions of cheap and brilliant Eastern European labor moving west, moving to Western Europe. And the biggest input into the price of anything you make 
is the price of labor. And that's why we had incredible growth with relatively low inflation back in the 1990s. Now, I think that the 80s was a little bit different than today because today, today's generational version of the Berlin Wall teardown event is Amazon Web Services. And let me explain. So Amazon Web Services was created in 2005 by Jeff Bezos. And the reason why Bezos created AWS or Amazon Web, Web Services, and Andy uh, Chassis is, Chassis is the, uh, the new CEO of, of Amazon. He created that department at Amazon. The reason why AWS was created was because every holiday shopping season up to 2005, Amazon servers would crash. They couldn't fulfill all the holiday shopping needs in November and December every year. So they created nine massive server farms across the United States. And they called that Amazon Web Services. And they'd have all these computers on. They'd light them up around Christmas time so they can sell more stuff. And then every January, they'd have to take a lot of them down because there wasn't much demand for them. And they started actually renting that space out to other companies. Now, Amazon has cut the pricing point on Amazon Web Services as a platform. They cut the pricing point more than 100 times since they launched AWS 2005. Compare and contrast that with Microsoft, which up until recently only cut the pricing point on Windows three times going back to the 1980s. And as a result of cutting the pricing point materially on Amazon Web Services, what happened was a lot of companies could be founded and the cost of tech for them was nothing. Netflix runs almost entirely off of Amazon Web Services. So does Uber, so does Airbnb and many other online companies. And so this generation's Berlin Wall teardown event is Amazon Web Services. And because of price discovery and AWS, there's great uh, pricing discovery online, right? You can find lower prices and the cost of infrastructure is lower as well. And so do I think we're gonna have 1980s style inflation again? No. Okay, next up we got uh, Peter uh, from Romania. How are you? Peter is 19. He's a big uh, football fan as well. Uh, and so Peter wrote, uh, hi, Chris, I see you have a casual outfit today. It looks good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to a little different. It's a little bit hot in here. My AC is not working that, that great. Yeah. Um, you wrote, I want to ask you two questions. What is a book that really had an impact on your life? Yeah, I, I'd say probably the, the book I recommend everybody read or listen to the audible version of uh, is uh, from the Dalai Lama. It's called The Art of Happiness. And in the book, he really puts life into context. He says, the problem with Western society is we sacrifice our health our entire lives in order to make money. And at the end of our lives, we sacrifice all of our money in order to maintain our health. And then we look back and we realized we never really lived to begin with. So it really puts things into perspective. And the Dalai Lama said, the only time you should look in your neighbor's bowl is to see if they have as much as you do not to see if you have more. And that really is the cancer of Western society, comparing ourselves to those that have more. You know, how many yachts can you water ski behind? And I remember I was guilty of this. When I worked at, at, at Goldman Sachs years ago, great people worked there. They don't hire the smartest people that hired me. But I remember when I worked there, we were all depressed every December when we got our bonus. Of course, we made enough to, to live off of. We could buy food and all that stuff. But the cancer was we compared ourselves to those that make more. It's an awful way to live your life. 
always focus on being happy with what you have right now. And as Oprah Winfrey said, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. Okay. Uh, Frederick Aluka wrote, uh, good morning, Chris. I'm new here. Welcome. I hope you join us again. Next question is from Peter who wrote, what do you think about people who just call them entrepreneurs or experts, but they really don't do anything that can prove it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would just say in general, actions speak louder than words. And whenever I invest in companies in it from a VC perspective or public market perspective, I always look at the management team closely because ideas are commodities, but execution is not. Okay, next up, Eric wrote, uh, for every uh, vacancy visible, there's over 10 invisible vacancies that you can reach uh, with networking. It's true, it's true. Your network is your net worth. Relationships are always more important than product knowledge. Yeah. Okay, uh, and then next up, uh, Peter said, I also uh, started drinking water from the huge bottle just like yours. I'm already feeling better. Dude, it, it's great, it's, it's awesome. But I do this, I try to finish this um, every single day. It's got time on the side as well. What time is it right now? Yeah. So right now it's about, uh, it's close to nine. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm on track. Yeah. So I, I drink one of these every single day. It's like my ball and chain. I take it to the gym with me as well. We are 60% water and I enjoy my coffee as well. My bulletproof coffee. I only, I only get one a day. Okay. Ne next question is from Om who wrote, how do I prepare myself to re-enter the workforce, specifically an e-commerce tech startup? If I've been out of the work, uh, workforce uh, for five years, uh, I, I've been, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's a great question. So I, I would say what you can do is you can retool online and there's plenty of great online courses you can take. My favorite online teacher is somebody named Angela Yu, who I met in Berlin a couple of years ago where I got this piece of the Berlin Wall. And she teaches you how to program from scratch. Her courses are amazing. If you want to retool, take one of her courses. They're 30 or 40 hours. It's a great deal. And I promise you, it's easier than you think. And please don't anybody feel that your age is working against you. You can always reinvent yourself. And one of my favorite movies is called The Rookie. If you guys haven't seen this, you got to check it out. It's an amazing movie. And I remember it came out in 02. I was depressed one day working at Goldman Sachs in New York. Good people. I was just wasn't happy for some reason. And I skipped work. And I went to Tavern on the Green in Central Park eight by myself. Then I went to see this movie and I loved it. And what happens in this movie, it's a real story, is there's this high school teacher from Texas. And he's 35 years old. And his dream was always to play Major League Baseball. And so he was coaching a bunch of his students. And it was an awful team. Like the, the team only won like three games the year before. And the students on the team he was coaching, the baseball team, they said to him, if we make the playoffs, you have to try out for the major leagues. And he said, yeah, whatever. You guys aren't going to make the playoffs. The team rallied. They made the playoffs. And he went and he tried out for the Florida Marlins. And he actually got, he, he made his debut that year at 35 years old. It's an unbelievable story. And so you always get a second chance. You can always reinvent yourself. And what's prophetic and awesome about this movie is that the actor in it is Dennis Quaid. He does a great job. And he publicly disclosed that this was his, you know, his second chance as well, because in the 90s, you know, he was in and out of rehab uh, for, for cocaine use. And he publicly disclosed that. And this movie turned his life around as well. And he made a great uh, resurgence. 
So check this movie out if you get a chance. It's called The Rookie. It's rated G. Your whole family can watch it. It's very inspirational. And I teared up when he made it to the majors in this movie. Okay. And give me one second here. Hold on a sec, guys. Got this, this new keyboard and I can, I can hit the switch to change computers. Still trying to figure it out. I always get seduced by Logitech. Every couple of years I buy their products and I'm like, I wish I didn't do that. Give me one second, guys. Here. One second. Find. Here we go. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, the Financial Advisor Show uh, wrote, hello, everyone. Uh, Chris, you're absolutely the best. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, I, I just like to learn from you. Uh, thank you. Like when one teaches to learn. Uh, by the way, I just started uploading videos on the Financial Advisor Show. Kindly take a look uh, during your spare time. Thank you. I'd love to be interviewed, by the way, if, if you want as well. I know you're one of my, my MBA students. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, next up, uh, Om wrote, I'm interested in starting my own uh, e-commerce startup. How many years of experience should I have working for startups in order to gain enough insights to genera generate startup ideas? Yeah. So I, I would say it doesn't matter. Uh, you can always start your company now on the side or at least write the business plan. And what you can do is take my MBA degree program. In the third semester, there's a venture capital boot camp where I teach you how to start a company based on my experience working in venture capital and sitting on boards as well. And the measure of a great business is if you finish the business plan. And I have a thousand questions, 1,000 questions I ask you in the program to help you crystallize your thought process and make your blueprint for success, meaning your business plan. Now, if you're worried that you don't have enough experience and nobody's going to invest in you, there's an easy way around that. And that is to get advisors for free. So on the second slide of your 10-page slides to investors, the second slide, you have the Olympic ring setup. What does that mean? Well, you have you, somebody else you work with, and maybe a temp you hired or a consultant. Then below that, you have two other rings. These are advisors. And what you can do is you can network, leveraging the networking skills I teach you in my MBA program, to find advisors. So say you start a tech company and you think people aren't gonna take you seriously. Well, if you network and you find people that work at Google using the methodologies I teach you in network, if you find people that work at Google, you can actually put them on your board of advisors for free. Ask them first, of course. So on your slides, you'll have the three members of the management team. Then you'll have somebody from Google with the Google logo below it. And maybe somebody else from another tech company. Or think about it from an investor's perspective. What are their worries? How can I assuage their concerns? Well, if I had an advisor from another company with that logo there, would people take me more seriously or not? And so I teach you this and many other tricks in the MBA program. Now, if we take a look at Facebook, uh, for example, I got so many props here. I have like an eight foot desk that goes up and down. I'm such a nerd. But if we take a look at Facebook and, and I invested in Facebook in my VC company pre-IPO and then this is from the IPO in the summer 2012. But if we look at Facebook, when Mark Zuckerberg started the company, he didn't really have any experience. So what he did was he surrounded himself with advisors. Peter Thiel, for example, who is the co-founder of, of PayPal along with Max Lefchin, and also Sean Parker. And Sean Parker basically created the P2P network with Napster, the music sharing business back in the late 90s. So he networked and surrounded himself with people that had experience that were more credible than he was at the time. And that certainly helped him to raise a lot of money. 
Okay. Uh, 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 next up, uh, the Financial Advisor Show said, Let, let's pray for humanity. We need peace. Amen. Amen. Yeah. These are tough times. It's hard not to turn me off and go to look at CNN. Um, I, I was looking at it right before we started today, and it's, it's terrifying. Oof. Okay, next question is from the Berlin, who wrote, uh, Chris, will home prices go higher uh, with this war since inflation will go higher or it doesn't affect it all? No, I think home prices will go lower. So if inflation gets out of control, what happens is the government has to raise interest rates, right, to, to make inflation go down, prices go down. And if interest rates go up, then it's more expensive for us to get mortgages. And if it's more expensive to get a mortgage, then housing prices will fall. So back in the early 1980s, I remember this well, man, when interest rates in America and Canada, where I grew up, when interest rates were close to 20%, my dad, like my dad started his company in 1977 when I, when I was four. Uh, and it was great growing up and seeing him start this amazing company. I learned more about business than any other source from him. But I remember in the early 80s, his company was just getting off the ground and he had to borrow from his company to be able to pay the mortgage, 20%. It was brutal, man. And in Canada, unlike the United States, you cannot write off the interest on your, your mortgage. So the bottom line is, if inflation gets out of control, the government raises interest rates. If interest rates rise, it hurts the housing market because mortgages become more expensive. And the stock market does awful as well. So here's what happened in the early 80s, it's fascinating. So because interest rates were close to 20%, everybody thought, you know, man, I'm just gonna leave my money in the bank and I'll make 20% risk-free. Why should I buy stocks? And the market was terrible during the Carter administration. Then Ronald Reagan became president. I, I love Reagan, he's, he's my hero. Yeah, he took on communism. He said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Remember that? I miss that guy. Uh, but anyway, uh, every other asset class does crap if, if rates are high, because people make more money in the bank. Leave their money in the bank, yeah. Okay. All right, next question is, is from Om, who wrote, um, also, may I know if there is any difference in content and updates of the courses between the courses you teach on Udemy compared to the ones you teach uh, on your website? No, they're the same. Yeah. My MBA program is not, not on Udemy, but my courses I put on my website and on Udemy as well. Yeah. And Udemy is a, a great partner of mine as well. And they very very humble to say they, they just gave me and many other people, I'm sure, uh, 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 Udemy instructor partner uh, tombstone here. Okay, uh, next up, Andre uh, wrote here, can you give us an example of backing up the truck, meaning buying a lot of stocks, given the circumstances of Ukraine and Russia? Yeah, so at this point, I don't think stocks are oversold enough for me to back up the truck yet. I wait until there's maximum fear. I don't buy that often in size, but I do when the VIX is above 70 or 80, which is rare, happens maybe once every five or 10 years. But I promise you, when that happens, you're going to tell yourself, I feel so dumb buying stocks now. This is the wrong thing to do. Well, that's what everybody thinks. That means it's the right thing to do. So if you're, if you're a contrarian in business, you will outperform the competition because if you buy a stock that everybody loves and everybody owns, who's the incremental investor to buy it and push it higher? There's not that many. You got to be long-term focused and a contrarian always. Okay, next up, uh, Ali wrote here, uh, uh, you put on muscle, 
Oh, thank you. Uh, just as you, you planned some months ago. Nice. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, I, um, uh, maybe it looks like it. I, I actually, um, it, maybe it looks like, cause I'm wearing this actually. So, so this here, I'll show you. So I'm wearing this here. I got no car accident years ago, right here. Okay. And, and what I did was, uh, I got this from Amazon. Uh, it's $15 and it helps to keep my, my back kind of up a, a bit more. So yeah, but I, I wear that here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, ne next up, uh, and I did say that a year ago, uh, January first of two thousand and twenty-one, I was on the beach in Orange County with my family, and I said I'm going to gain twenty pounds of muscle in the next year, and I didn't do it because I, I hurt my shoulder, but I'm I'm going to make it happen this year. Yeah, yeah. I feel great. But I'm 50. I'm 50. Life begins at 50, folks. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and if, if you guys are getting value to this call, uh, just click the like button, please. It helps me. Thanks. Okay. Uh, ne next up, and if I miss any questions, just post it again, please. Sarthik wrote, uh, what, what Putin is doing is so wrong. I agree. Some people are justifying it, including my friends, by stating some bogus facts prayers for the people in Ukraine. Yeah. I'm with you. hundred percent with you. hundred percent with you. The, the timing, like I'm sure he had this planned all along. Yeah. Uh, you know, new administration, um, which is, you know, actually I'm not going to go there, but yeah. Okay. Uh, ne next up, uh, Johnny wrote, uh, Hey Chris, uh, hope you're doing well. Likewise, Johnny, good to see you. First time seeing you on the call. I hope you join us again. I love your name. Johnny Light. So Johnny wrote, uh, um, uh, hope your day's going well. Which is the best way to buy stocks? And what do you think of the Metamudo, Metamundo portal, if you've heard of it? Yeah, I've never heard of that, but I learn a lot uh, based on your, the questions here. Let me know what that, that is, please. Um, in terms of the best way to buy stocks, they're all, all the brokerage services are the same now. It's a race to zero in terms of commissions. You know, Robinhood, Fidelity, tons of brokerage services have zero commissions. now depending on what country people are in. If you've never bought stocks before, I want you to call the five biggest banks in your country and ask them, what is the name of the brokerage service that they partner with or own? And then call all those up and partner with the one or invest with the one that has lowest commissions. And don't buy mutual funds, only ETFs. Christina, how are you? Uh, Christina is uh, the, the, the head of the, uh, the Haroon Education Ventures uh, Alumni Association. She is our fearless leader. And, and Christina, thank you so much for, for this. Uh, we had our graduation uh, and, and what Christina did was she, she presented me with this. Thank you so much. Uh, it said the, the world's, uh, humbly, the world's best teacher and, and mentor um, uh, day one and not one day. Uh, from the class of 2021 MBA program. Thank you so much for this. I appreciate it. Looks looks better actually. I'm with black backgrounds so that blue, you can't see it up there. Yeah. Thank you, Christina. I'm being really careful. This is one of my prized possessions. And, and I am eternally grateful for that. Thank you. Those are my lights. Okay, hold on. There we go. So Christina wrote, uh, good morning, Chris, and our amazing global uh, MBA uh, and webcast family. Uh, hope you're out having an outstanding week. I always am. Thank you. Hope you are too. Cheers, Chris. I'm at 10 a.m. and only 400 steps. How about you? Yeah. So I'm at um, just after 9 a.m. And we all compete with this, by the way, in my MBA program. And I want all of you to compete with me as well. Even if you're not my student, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. In terms of my steps, 
hardly any today. I, I'm just just getting started, but I got to get to to ten thousand now. I used to do twenty thousand. I'm trying to put on some bit of muscle now, uh, so I only get ten thousand steps a day now. Yeah. Uh, moving on to next questions from Sarthak, who wrote, uh, Chris, uh, thanks to you, uh, I found my passion in life. Awesome. Um, and you wrote, I'm, I'm passionate about philosophy while I want to write and produce songs. I really want to be a philosopher to bring a change within myself. And then you wrote, there's, there's a part two here as well. You wrote, I hope to write a book soon. I hope that I could change uh, the world to some extent. Thank you, Chris, uh, for helping me find my passion. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you, man. That's music to my ears. Thank you. Thank you. And the way you know you're, you found your passion or purpose in life is if you get up, and this is what happened to me this morning. Okay. I got up and I looked at the clock and it was 4 a.m. And I was like, awesome, I'm getting up. I can't wait to work. And I'm working on this, this programming course that's going to be 3D model based. It'll be a lot of fun. But that's what happened this morning. I got up before I got hardly any sleep. That's how you know you found your passion. And when you find your passion in life, what happens is this. It feels like the beautiful feeling you get when you hold your child for the first time in the hospital or when they're older, if you adopt them, it feels amazing. It feels amazing. Not as good, obviously having kids is better, but that's how you know you found your passion in life. You have this wonderful sense of euphoria. Okay. And anybody can write a book. And if you want me to tell you how, just go to haroonventures.com slash write book, all lowercase. I have a template for you. Okay, next up, a uh, question from uh, uh, Manas, uh, who uh, wrote a book called Bonds Before Business, and I bought it. It's in my storage room right now. It's great. Thank you. Manas wrote, my mentor, Chris, please. I'm sorry because of all the political questions. No, it's all good. But situations are such so. Uh, like you understand, by the way, your course uh, with Peyton will be awesome. I guarantee that. Thank you. And Peyton's one of my amazing students that inspires me. Wow, we've got 105 concurrent viewers. We haven't had that many in a while. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you everyone for, for being here as well. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, next up, Manas wrote, your crypto course is way ahead of everyone and everything in the market. Thank you. And then you wrote, if I work for 150 years, I'll still fall short of competing with you. No, no, no. You're dope and you're the godfather of online teaching. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Actually, when I made that crypto course, what happened was after I published it, I got a knock on my door. And I went to the door and I was terrified because it was the NSA. True story. And what happened was this. I, I thought I was in trouble. Like I want to put on Depends or something. So what happened was this. There's a guy I hired uh, to proofread all my stuff for the crypto course. He was awesome. And the NSA was doing a background check on him because they wanted to hire him. That kind of scared me, man. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, uh, the Berlin wrote, uh, Chris, uh, when it's time to back up the truck, what sectors look attractive and will be wise to look at metaverse uh, stocks in the future? Yeah. So what I usually like to do is I like to buy stocks that have high betas, okay? Especially when the VIX is over 70 or 80. And high beta means these stocks are more volatile meaning they go down more than the market does. So I like high growth tech stocks with high betas. I like to buy them when the VIX index is above 70 or 80, which is the best telltale for when to buy stocks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Nicholas uh, wrote here, uh, when doing your options course uh, at section 1.3, 
I'm finding the option price. Why isn't the number showing up? I followed the video to the T and I did the 12 steps. Okay, thank you. If you want, what you can do is you can send a screen print to support at haroonventures.com and I'll personally look for it and I'll respond today. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, next up, Manas wrote, uh, uh, Ethereum is better than Bitcoin, according to me, because ticker ETH, that's Ether, which is on the Ethereum platform, because uh, Ethereum can be used more in a bunch of ways, whereas Bitcoin is basically a store of value and not a use of, of, of value generally. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, I like them both. So I publicly disclosed that I've owned the following four cryptos for years. Uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Ripple. I'm not selling any of them. I don't want to comment on Ripple. I, the founder doesn't live that far away from me. Don't ask me questions about that one, please. Uh, but the thing about uh, Ethereum that I love is Ethereum is, is a platform, okay? So uh, NFTs, for the most part, are all based on the Ethereum platform, okay? And the best investments are platforms, meaning you own the road. Um, the only thing I don't like about Ethereum, and I can't get my hands around, is the fact that there's no limit on supply, right? Whereas with Bitcoin, there will never be more than 21 million Bitcoin ever made by the year 2140. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Chris uh, wrote here. Uh, Hi, Chris. Uh, I took a number of courses on Udemy and your site, including the crypto one. I thoroughly enjoyed them. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, how recent is your crypto course and how do we interact with you uh, from the Udemy platform? Yeah, thank you. So we updated the entire crypto course last year uh, on Udemy Yeah, and my website as well. Uh, in terms of interaction, just ask questions within the course uh, and, and we'll respond. Yeah. And if you're my silver MBA student, uh, you can join uh, my office hours and we'll do Zoom one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and that's every week now from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And, and to learn more about my silver MBA program, the, it's also called On, on Demand. Uh, just go to my website, please. Thank you. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, uh, my mentor, uh, there's a fake account on Facebook who pretends to be you. Oof. And he's got 3,000 followers on Facebook. Ooh, please do see this. Uh, uh, people are getting confused about that. Yeah, a lot of people impersonate me, um, like Bradley Pitt, George Clooney. No, I'm just kidding. Um, send, if you don't mind, send me an image to uh, my LinkedIn account. I'll, I'll take a look at that. Thanks. It happens a lot now, Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, next up, uh, Onda wrote, uh, Hi, Chris, how are you? What approach would you advise for me to adopt? Uh, I intend to launch an e-commerce uh, fast food restaurant in Nigeria, Africa. Yeah. If you want more details uh, on, the, uh, on the restaurant industry, uh, what I recommend you do is go to my website and go to my recent vlogs. I, I interviewed uh, here in my house, actually, a buddy of mine who started uh, a company called Saj Mediterranean Restaurants, which is the Chipotle of Middle Eastern food. Uh, and if you have questions about the restaurant industry, you can email me at support at haroonventures.com and I'll ask, uh, I'll, I'll ask my buddy Zaid Ayub uh, those, those questions on, on your behalf. So if you go here to, <laughs> if you go here to, to my website, okay, uh, and then you go down to uh, vlogs, uh, you, you'll see an interview uh, with, with Zaid. Uh, and I'm going to be doing a lot more uh, interviews as, as well coming up. So here it is here with, with Zaid. Uh, and so I interviewed him uh, again in, Say, uh, in my house uh, about uh, the restaurant industry and how hard it is. Okay, so anyway, check it out if you have questions and email me and I'll, I'll ask them for you. Thanks. Okay. Uh, next up, Elias uh, wrote, uh, Hi, Chris. Uh, when two associates start a new business and one of them is the capital investor 
and the other one is going to manage the business, how do you know how to share the profits between the two? Yeah, I always believe that if you're co-founding a firm, it should be 50-50, no matter what. Yeah, that way there's fewer fights later on down the road. And if you're gonna do that and always get a lawyer to write all documentation for you, that's what I would say, yeah. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Zorlina wrote, uh, what's gonna happen with the main currency, like the United States dollar, the Euro and the Canadian dollar with the Russian war uh, situation? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would say if inflation gets out of control, uh, the United States government will probably have to raise interest rates a bunch. As a result, if you raise interest rates, uh, your dollar goes up in value, your currency. Now, when it comes to the Canadian dollar and any natural resource rich country like Australia, uh, as well as, as, as uh, Brazil, whenever commodity prices go up a lot, their currencies go up. And the reason is because if you want to buy oil from, from Canadian manufacturers, for example, oil producers, you have to convert your currency into Canadian dollars and then buy the oil. And if oil goes up a lot, then the Canadian economy benefits to a certain extent, especially the heavy tar sand oil they have uh, up in Fort McMurray, uh, Alberta. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Christoph wrote uh, the RSX, the Russell Index, yeah, uh, and, the, and the ETF that covers the broad Russian, oh, the RSX, okay, sorry, with Russian market. The Russian ETF is down 26% today. The dividend is 8%. Uh, are these types of situations a buy, maybe a small position due to the risk? Yeah. So I've invested in every major market in the world and I will never invest. I'm careful not to invest uh, in Russian companies. And the reason is because years ago I bought Lukoil and Gazprom because they were trading at three or four times earnings and those earnings weren't correct. Yeah, I'm not going to say much more than that, but just those are my, my humble thoughts. Yeah. And don't ever buy a stock just because the dividend yield is high. You got to do your research first. You have to first question, is the dividend sustainable? And if a company has a dividend yield of over 20%, it might be because there are going concern issues. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Tao. Hey, Tao, how are you? Uh, uh, Tao graduated from my MBA program uh, last year, um, uh, and, and Tao is actually uh, is based uh, in Chicago. She's from Vietnam originally, um, and um, uh, she and her husband Brett have a wonderful uh, uh, channel that you guys should check out on 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 TikTok called Fishing with BNT, meaning BNT meaning uh, Brett and, and Tom and Tao. So Tao wrote, "Hi Chris and everyone." I hope you have a great week so far. It's so great to be back to your weekly webcast. It's always amazing as usual. Thank you, I appreciate that. And and Tao and one of my other students from Vietnam uh, named Ginny, who's so awesome, she's like my little sister, they're partnering up to make a version of my course in Vietnamese called the entire MBA in one course. And the proceeds are gonna go to fund schools uh, for underprivileged women in Vietnam. God bless you, um, I'm here to help you. Help you make the course, yeah. Uh, Gil, how are you? Gil is from, from Canada, the West Coast. He's one of my, my students, graduated last year. Great to see you. Uh, and Gil is a wonderful humanitarian, especially for at-risk children, uh, where he allows them to uh, you know, stay in his house and whatnot. And he has this, this great organization he set up. You're, you're a good dude, Gil, and you inspire me, brother. So Gil wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, is there an equivalency of the VIX for cryptocurrency stocks to determine when is a good time to buy? Yeah, so what I would say in, in general, is the, the VIX is kind of 
It's kind of representative of all stocks and all investment classes on the planet because it represents the S&P 500 fear index. So I would just use the VIX as a telltale as to when to buy almost all equities and real estate, et cetera. When the VIX is over 70 or 80, it's maximum fear. And I promise you, again, it's going to feel like death buying at that point when the VIX is over 70 or 80, but you have to. And I put my reputation on the line. It's helped me a lot in the past. That's the only indicator I ever talk about as a telltale as to when to buy stocks. Okay. Uh, uh, then uh, Gil said, what do you think of the metaverse uh, ETFs? Yeah. So I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, but it all depends what's in the ETF. So the best metaverse plays, I think, uh, include uh, NVIDIA. They make graphics chips uh, as well as Adobe, uh, ADBE. Uh, they make the creative suite products as, as well. Yeah. yeah. So those those are my favorite ones right now. But there's a lot of crap out there as well, like speculative stuff. Yeah. Okay. N- next up, uh, Solomon wrote, hey, Chris, uh, I wanted to ask you if the certificates of your courses from Udemy and your, your ventures are applicable and can be proved to find jobs uh, in Saudi Arabia. I have many students in Saudi Arabia. My MBA program, I have a couple of people from Riyadh that graduated last year. Happy to put you in contact with them. You can send me a message to support at haroonventures.com and I'll connect you with them. Yeah. Um, in general, there's nothing wrong with putting a certificate uh, on your LinkedIn profile. It can only help. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, uh, uh, I have a real lame question. Uh, uh, Udemy is the Google of online education. It is. Are there any chances of a blockbuster blockchain tech online education system coming in a few years? Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's going to be applications for blockchain across all industries, right? Think of blockchain as kind of like, I don't know, cloud 2.0 or CSP 2.0, cloud service buyers 2.0. Yeah. But I don't know of any right now. Okay, next question is from Manas who wrote, um, why don't you bring uh, the HEV family NFT collection, meaning Haroon Education Ventures NFT collection? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something I'm, I'm thinking about. Uh, the, the first NFT I'm going to make uh, is going to be in honor of one, of one of my students, David from Jakarta, who made a wonderful birthday card for me that he posted on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to Zoralina, who wrote, uh, what is your take on, on Rivian stock? I, I don't know too much about it. I'm sorry. Um, it's probably getting hit very hard right now, given the fact that Tesla is down 40% from the recent highs and Rivian probably has a much higher beta than Tesla does. Yeah. Okay. Dick Dixon wrote, uh, is the movie The Rookie uh, on, on Netflix? Yeah. And, and I showed that to you a, a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it's uh, it's worth buying even. I hardly I hardly buy any of these things, but I, I love this movie. Check it out. It's very inspirational. It's rated G. You can watch it with the whole family as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Moving on to Shiva, who wrote, uh, thanks so much. Uh, you're, you're most welcome. Okay. Uh, Asana wrote, uh, hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Uh, what is the best advice you can give to someone who recently finished undergrad and is not sure if they want to work in a field related to their major? Yeah, it's a great question. So w- what I would say is set up a bunch of informational meetings with people that graduated from your undergraduate institution. And so you can do an advanced search uh, in LinkedIn and enter in your undergraduate uh, uh, school and enter in the companies you're interested in maybe working for and set up informational meetings with them 
or do Zoom calls with them as well. People want to help you. All you have to do is ask. And I did that years ago when I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And so I actually wanted to be a lawyer for a while. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I did back in the 90s um, because I saw a few good men and I don't know, Tom Cruise kind of inspired me and John Grisham books do too. And I met a lawyer and I talked about what his day is like and a couple other lawyers as well. I went down to Harvard Law, visited it, read the book 1L by Scott Turow. And I was so turned off after people told me what it's like to work in law. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Are, are you a jerk before law school or, or do they teach you that in law school? And I, I'll joke in aside. I have a lot of good friends that are lawyers um, and I love civil rights lawyers too. Okay, moving on to Mighty Men. Uh, uh, wrote, uh, hello, Chris. Uh, with the Russian military operation going on in the Ukraine, what opportunities and investments do you recommend to invest in? Stocks and cryptos are down. Yeah. So what I would do is I would just take a look at whenever the um, the VIX hits 70 or 80, that's when you back up the truck. I also do love to buy stocks that are on sale. I like to buy broken stocks, but not broken companies. And what I mean by that is a broken stock is one that you love the fundamentals and valuation on, and it's massively oversold. feels like you're catching a falling knife. So from a technical analysis perspective, the RSI is 20. So that's usually what I do. Yeah, and I'm usually a net seller or take a little bit of profits if a position gets too big in my portfolio, meaning R, and, and when it's overbought, meaning an RSI of around 80. Yeah. But always look at fundamentals first, valuation second, and technicals a distant third. Okay. Uh, moving on to Ohm, who wrote, uh, thanks for your responses. Uh, my, my pleasure. Uh, uh, may I know uh, if you meditate daily? Um, so I, I don't, but what I do do every day before I get out of bed, I always thank God for 10 things in this order. And you practice gratitude before you get up, man. It helps a lot. I thank God for Andrew Matthew Dillon, my wife, Christine, my mom, my dad, my brother, Jamie, my sisters, Katie and Elizabeth, and you, my students. Thank you. And by practicing gratitude, that gets me into a, a peak mental state and really gives me peace of mind as well. Uh, and then you wrote, during the course of the day, my mind wanders uh, to memories of the past or the future, which are mainly bad experiences. How do I focus? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> you know, we are always our own worst enemies. You know, whether or not you think you can do it, you're right. And whatever is bringing you down, eliminate those awful thoughts from your life. And if there are people around you, that are bringing you down, cut them off. You know, for me, when I was younger, you know, I was, I was much more patient with friends, right? And I have, I have a lot of friends too, but I was patient to the extent that I would say five strikes, you're out. I would tell myself that, you know, if you treat me poorly five times and you know, I'll walk away, whatever. Now it's basically one or two strikes, you're out. They don't belong in your life. I promise you, if, cut, if you cut off negative people in your life, if you can, you'll be much better for it. And when we were younger, our parents, you know, tried to pick our friends for us. You know, my mom used to say to me, Christopher, I, I don't want you being friends with that guy because he does drugs. And I would say, mom, that's, he doesn't do drugs. What are you talking about? He did drugs. I'm a parent now too. But now we're older, we can pick our own friends. Just like we can set the soundtrack for our own life. We control what we see in here. Cut off anybody negative in your life. Yeah. And, and if you're having negative thoughts as, as well, uh, I, I would just say stay busy. Stay busy. 
Because if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. You know, spend more time going to the gym. Schedule your days. And in my MBA program, I give you a very detailed daily scheduling system so you can accomplish way, way more in a much shorter amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if anybody's having negative thoughts as well, just please speak with your GP, your doctor as well. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. Um, I got nothing to hide. You know, I've gone through depression. I have. And what works for me, so I don't have negative thoughts, and this is just me, do what works for you, is I exercise a lot. Because when I exercise, it releases endorphin, serotonin, and I feel much happier. I also biohack a lot. You know, I consume the right nutrition, et cetera, and, and it helps me. But do what works for you. You know, I love that feeling after you go to the gym on the way home. You feel this incredible high. And nobody has ever said, I wish I didn't go to the gym today. <laughs> no one ever says that. You feel great. Treat this well, and this works much gooder as well. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, and for me, prayer works as well. Like, I'll, okay, this is, people get upset sometimes when I do this, but I don't care. This is me. I don't worry about things I can't control, especially when it comes to career, because I tell myself, God already knows what's going to happen, which gives me peace of mind. And if you worry too much, it's like you're questioning your faith. Don't worry. Akuna matata. Things are never as bad as you think. And Winston Churchill uh, once said, I met a man who on his deathbed talked about all the problems he had in his life, none of which came true. Don't worry. Rose, how are you? Uh, Rose is from the great state of Virginia. Uh, and my son, Andrew's on the wait list at University of Virginia now. Uh, Rose graduated from the MBA class a couple of years ago. She was head of the yearbook as well. Great to see you as always. Rose wrote, uh, Chris, did you pay to advertise your books at all? Or was it all organic? I remember you mentioned using books as carrots uh, on your website. Yeah. No, I've never advertised my books. Yeah. Uh, and I'll also never sign up with publishers. And I don't, I don't believe in endorsements or anything like that. That's why you'll never see me endorse any products here. Yeah. And, and has it hurt my growth, my YouTube channel? Yeah. But the second I take endorsements, I'm not putting you, the student, first. So, yeah. What I do is I usually give away a lot of my books. Um, and I use it as a carrot. So, you'll see in a lot of my YouTube videos. Uh, in the top right-hand corner, a card will come up uh, that'll say, um, here, get my book, whatever, and come to my website and you, you can get my book. That sort of thing. And actually, uh, Barack Obama's publisher called me after my, uh, humbly, my book, uh, 101 Crucial Lessons, which was profiled uh, in, in Forbes magazine um, as one of, humbly, one of six books all entrepreneurs need to read right now. And so they wanted to publish it. And I had discussions with them. And I said no. Because what they would do is they would jack the price up to 25 bucks. And I would get only a buck. But more importantly, they would own the content forever. I'll never do that. I'll never sell out. I'll always stay true and pure to my students, my customers. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next up, uh, Patrick wrote, uh, uh, let's go Red Wings. Okay, you're from the Motor City. You're a Detroit fan. Yeah. I, I'm from the Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you wrote, uh, uh, I'm back after having COVID. I hope, hope you're feeling better, Patrick. Yeah. 
uh, and you wrote, you're looking good. Uh, thank you. How can I get into metaverse uh, development? Yeah. So the way I would start out, um, just to pique your interest, see if you're passionate about it, is, well, if you're younger, play around with Roblox. But if you're older like me, start playing around with Adobe Dimension. Okay. And you get it for free as part of the creative suite from Adobe. And this is how I created uh, these products as well. Okay. So I, I license certain things. And then what I do is I, I play around with it and I, I add uh, writing and stuff as well. Uh, and I'm using this for an upcoming course I'm teaching on programming. I used to be a coder. So I'm teaching this stuff now. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And I use these now to put into the metaverse as well. So you, you can design them using Adobe Dimension. I would start there. And if you love it, then the next step is you can look at maybe video game programming, like Unity, if you wanted to. Yeah. And there's plenty of great courses on on uh, uh, on, on video game programming on, on Udemy and other websites. Yeah. Unity is the name of the programming language. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next up, uh, Johnny Light wrote, um, so there is a term called Metamundo, and they created a portal for the metaverse called Metaportal, and it's supposed to allow you to teleport between different places in the metaverse. Oh, very cool. You, I don't know how it works, but I want to know whether uh, you can talk about teleportation perspective and, and what it implicates. Yeah, so when you teleport in the metaverse, that all it basically means is you, you, you click on a ball, and you go into a different room. And so on my webcast I did a couple weeks ago from the metaverse using spatial.io, which is free to use, I showed you how to do that. Anybody anybody can do it, yeah. But thank you for that. What, what I'll do is uh, I'm gonna screen print this right here and then I'll take a look at that and I'll do some follow-up, thank you. Okay. Scott, how are you, man? Uh, Scott Duffy, great to see you, buddy. Uh, Scott is, uh, uh, he is the number one teacher on the planet for everything cloud computing, right? He is an expert in Microsoft Azure, which is like Amazon Web Services. He's a great guy. He's one of my people. I love you, brother. He's from Canada as well. Great to see you, man. And Scott got one of these as well. And Scott, you inspire me so much, man. Yeah. So Scott wrote, uh, do you think uh, someone who wanted to start a business in 2022 should move to a more tax-friendly place like Texas to start the business rather than a place like uh, California? You mean the, the the left coast, the west coast, yeah. <sighs> yes. Or Florida. And, and Scott's from Toronto, where I'm from, and you know, Florida is the 11th province, right? A lot of Canadians down there. I've thought about it, dude. I've thought, you know, Diego Davila, who's, who's one of the great teachers on Udemy in three different languages. He lives in Florida, pays hardly any taxes. I've really thought about it, Scott, moving to Florida. I really, really have. Um, and Tony Robbins, you know, who, you know, he, he lived in San Diego, California for years. And he picked up and moved to Florida because of taxes. So I'm really thinking about it. I am going to wait until my, my, my three kids are done. The wonderful public schools are in right now. I have two in high school now. Two are driving. Scary. Uh, my youngest one is 12. So I'll wait until they're done. And, may, and then probably move to Florida. I'm not sure. Not sure. Yeah. But the taxes here are just out of control. Just out of control. Yeah. yeah. Great to see you, brother. Okay. And hit me up too. I want to. I want to. I want to talk to you as well. If you have time, just email me uh, or just do over over LinkedIn. And yeah, I'd, lo I'd love love to catch up with you, man. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm meeting actually with uh, 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 Sarah Blanchard, the CFO of uh, of Udemy, tomorrow. 
in, in, in San Francisco. And oddly enough, she was the CFO of one of my portfolio companies when I worked um, in venture capital. We didn't know each other, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that meeting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to the, the, the Berlin, uh, who wrote, Chris, uh, is there some sort of VIX for crypto uh, that you've seen? No, no, there's nothing like that. Uh, it, it, and if it and if it exists, I wouldn't really pay attention to it. Um, I would only look at one volatility index. I look at the VIX because it is very credible. It's been around since 1990. It's been tested and true, and it's based on the volatility or expected volatility of the S and P 500. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, we got Manas from India who wrote. Uh, uh, by the way, my mentor, uh, oh Chris, please. Uh, when is the next interesting? Uh, coming out Zaid. Oh, the next interview. Yeah. So the next interview I've got, uh, I'm filming uh, next Friday. Um, and, and I'm actually going to be interviewing a guy who is chief of staff for Larry and Sergey at Google. Um, and he started an artificial intelligence based company. And so we might interview him at Google's headquarters or my house. We're not sure yet. We're filming it next Friday here. That yeah, should be a lot of fun. And then I'll do a series on venture capitalists after that. Uh, and then eventually CEOs of big tech companies. I guess there's a good reason why I'm in the Bay Area for now. I'll get all my interviews out of the way, then I'll, then I'll move to Florida. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, uh, MT wrote, uh, what are your views on global economic impact of the Russian uh, invasion? Yeah. So from, uh, from a humanitarian perspective, it's awful. Uh, but from a, an economic perspective, mass inflation, mass inflation. Um, trade wars, you know, uh, economic sanctions. Um, now, the United States and Russia don't really trade very much with each other. So there won't be as much of an impact there. But it's really going to hurt uh, a lot of countries like Egypt, where my dad's from, because Ukraine is the second biggest producer of wheat in the world. And all commodity prices are spiking right now because of what's happening. God willing, this ends. Uh, and this is not the, the beginning of, of the reconstruction of the USSR. I don't think it is. But yeah. It's terrible. All right, moving on to, to Jason. Uh, Jason wrote, hi, Chris. Thanks for a great uh, learning experience. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, it's clear that you really care about your students. I, I do. I do. Thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading uh, your networking book soon. Thank you. I, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, MT wrote, you told me one time uh, at wartime stock market booms, uh, then why is it showing uh, such a risk uh, and we can call oil starving countries invade open. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not, not sure how to answer that, but, but quite often what happens is there's speculation that a war is going to occur, then the market crashes, uh, and then there's some sort of a bottom at that point. Um, I don't know how to answer this question correctly, but I do know that in the past, like with World War I, World War II, as well as uh, during uh, the, the, the Gulf Wars, the market bottomed when the first bomb dropped. Like when the Statue of Saddam fell, in like April of 2003, that kind of marked the bottom. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, and then Jason wrote, I'm a professional who's considering a career change. I'm thinking about moving to the Bay Area uh, to get uh, connected. Very cool. Very, and if you're out here, you'll let me know. I have a, an annual alumni event uh, for all my, my MBA students. Um, even if you haven't graduated, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, Manas wrote, I'll see you next week and forever. Thank you. Uh, uh, and then you, you, you wrote, uh, you're, you're a goat. 
and, and I'm on day 55 of, of vlogging and, and I love it like anything. Awesome, awesome. And it's so funny mentioning GOAT. I know what it stands for now. Uh, and the first person to call me GOAT was was, uh, was Scott Duffy over, over Twitter about a year and a half ago. And I didn't know what it meant. I looked it up and, and thank you. I'm, I'm very humbled. And Scott, great to see you as well. Okay, moving on to Jason who wrote, uh, I used to be uh, pretty good at face-to-face -face networking, but COVID crippled the face-to-face -face advantage. I was wondering if you can give me some brief tips here for successful networking in an era uh, like COVID. I, I say it's easier now, and here's why. I know that's controversial. It's easier now because hardly anybody's asking for networking meetings, and nobody asks for networking meetings using Zoom. And Zoom is free to use as long as your meeting is less than 45 minutes. And so it's really easy to set up Zoom meetings. Just ask. Like anything in life, ask and you'll receive. It's prophetic. It's been true since the beginning of time. Okay. Uh, Elias, uh, and, and my wife's cousin is named Elias too. Um, uh, Elias wrote, uh, Chris, any good site uh, for market analysis? I look for the total addressable market for the aesthetic medicine in Mexico and Latin America, but full reports cost $2,000, $3,000. Yeah, it's brutal. Okay. So here's how you get the total addressable market for any industry. The first thing you do is you search Google for TAM and whatever industry it is. And quite often companies like Forrester, uh, as well as Gartner, McKinsey, other consulting firms in general, they'll release a couple pages from a report, including the TAM. If you can't find that, then what you can do is this. Search for the top 25 companies that are publicly traded in the sector you're interested in doing research on. And once you have those top 25 companies, go to the annual reports and add up the revenue for all 25 companies. And that's a good enough proxy for the size of the total addressable market, especially in the tech sector, where it's usually just a handful of companies that tend to dominate. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and, and what you can also do is, is this. Um, so I'm going to show you guys how to get uh, stuff free online. So if you go to uh, the FT.com, for example, and this doesn't work with, with every company, but I'm going to show this to you and I'll stay pure and true to my students and never take uh, any sort of endorsement from the FT, although I love this paper. Okay, so, so right here, say, say you want to learn about, um, let's look at something that's not so dire. Say you want to learn here uh, about, about this, right? If you click this, watch what happens. So it, it, it basically says, oh, you got to pay. So what you do instead is you copy this, okay? Copy ju just the text, okay? So I select it and I copy. And now we search, okay? Up there. Whoops. Let me do that again. Search. And now we click here. And lo and behold, we can read this whole article for free. Now, this doesn't work with every publication. It might work actually with some of the media reports you look at. And the reason this works for the FT, for example, is because if the FT did not allow this to work, then from a search engine optimization perspective, their stuff would not be indexed. And also they probably don't have the most sophisticated paywall. Doesn't work with, with the Wall Street Journal or other publications like, like the Wall Street Journal. Hmm. So good, man. I started putting up, when I juice every week, I started putting whole blueberries in this after I juice. And it's kind of like boba tea. It's kind of cool. Tariq, how are you? 
Tariq uh, is in the United Kingdom. He's one of my, my MBA students. Good to see you. Uh, moving on to Hui, who wrote, uh, Hi, Chris. What courses will you release in the year 2022? Yeah. So I'm going to be releasing a couple. Um, so I'm doing something on NFTs um, uh, with uh, Peyton Kalohea, uh, one of my incredible students who uh, is just in the process, I think, of leaving the United States Navy. He works in surface warfare. Uh, he and his family are moving to, to Tesla, actually. Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I gave a speech once at the Friends of Finance speaker series. They, they gave me this. It's kind of cool. Um, so that's coming out. Um, I'm also going to be doing some programming stuff, but business programming. Uh, and I'm going to be teaching in a much more visual way. And there's a couple other ones coming out as well. But there'll be surprises. It rhymes with Rediverse. Okay. Uh, Zoralina wrote, I feel that prayer is a form of meditation. Yeah. I agree, especially when, when you're when you practice gratitude through prayer. Yeah. Okay, uh, Om wrote, "Thanks again, Chris. You're most welcome. I appreciate the fact that you're very thoughtful in your responses. Thank you. Um, just curious, do you work out in the morning or the evening? Any particular time frame you recommend for working out? Yeah, the best time is always 4 p.m. And a lot of men, a lot of older men, <clears throat> like me, I'm getting older. I'm 50." But a lot of older men, uh, they, uh, they have heart attacks uh, when they play golf early in the morning. So it's, it's all, from a biological perspective, I think that exercising first thing in the morning can be dangerous. Just my humble thoughts. I think around 4, 4 p.m. is perfect. Any later than that, it might be hard to sleep. Uh, and so for me, I, I do, I take, you know, my, my 10,000 steps uh, per day uh, in this room here. And I've, got, I've got a remote here. Uh, and I've got this this desk uh, that's uh, uh, that's eight feet wide. I'm a nerd, and so I have a, a lot of props on here. And I thought I'd be be neater, but I've got more junk on here. And under my desk here, I've got this uh, this treadmill that, that I'm walking on right now. Right, it's a little bit squeaky. I got WD-40 down below. I, I got to put it there, put it up there. And I, I do this all day. This is what I do. So when I'm not doing live classes, whoops. When I'm not doing uh, live classes, uh, I, I walk on the same. Even when I do one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings, I do 20-minute one-on-ones. Um, I, I do it on here as well. And this is just my, my timer. Yeah, so I've got... Uh, because I, I think that when you're exercising while you're working, you're much more productive. Uh, and Steve Jobs, God bless him, but he used to go by himself and with his best friend, Larry Ellison, and they go for walks around 1 p.m. every day. And that would help them come up with, with brilliant new ideas. And when I used to write my, my, uh, my Udemy courses, I'd go on literally 12-hour walks. And I'd just write down everything in Microsoft Word here using Siri dictation. Yeah. Try it, though. If you treat this right, you know, this works a lot better. Okay. Uh, and then Christina wrote, uh, uh, Chris, uh, so glad you love uh, your world's best teacher and mentor award presented to you uh, at the MBA class of 2021 in-person graduation in December. Day one, not one day. Thank you so much for this, Christina. God, God bless you for this. You and, and everybody else in the class that this must have been expensive. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart. Thank you. It's heavy too. It's the real deal. Thank you. And this year is uh, an award I'm, I'm proud of. I got I, when I, every company I've worked at, uh, whenever it's come to review time, it's always uncomfortable for my bosses in the past 
because they say to me something like this, Chris, you're doing a great job, whatever. However, is there a way you can spend a little bit less time helping people in different departments? And I always say, no, it's who I am. And so I got this one here um, uh, for the top mentor at, at Accenture when I worked there in March of, of 1998, right before I quit to, to, to go to Goldman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, MT wrote, if you apply the VAT tax, I mean the value added tax, um, uh, uh, I, I'm assuming you're from Europe. Uh, if you apply the VAT tax on products, what people purchase, can you tax rich people uh, indirectly? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. So what usually happens uh, in America, at least, it's tragic, is that the 400 wealthiest families in America collectively pay about 22% tax. That's it. Despite the fact that the highest tax bracket in America is close to, to 40% now. And the reason why wealthy people pay less in taxes is, number one, they hire high-priced tax attorneys that cost a thousand bucks an hour to move their money around. Number two, if you don't have a taxable event, you don't pay taxes. So for example, back in 2007, when Jeff Bezos was already a billionaire many times over, Jeff Bezos didn't pay any tax in 2007. And he also collected $4,000 for each of his four kids as a tax benefit on his tax return. And the reason, it's not fair, but the reason he did not pay taxes was because he didn't sell any, any shares of Amazon that year. And so we, the way the tax code works is you have to have a taxable event in order to pay taxes. I don't think it's fair that really, really rich people, billionaires pay less in taxes than the rest of us do. You know, Warren Buffett has even criticized the tax system because he stated that his assistants pay more in tax percent-wise than he does. And so I think that there has to be a change to the tax code to the extent that if you're in the highest tax bracket and you're a billionaire, you should pay 40% tax. Yeah. And I am a capitalist, though. Okay. Uh, moving on to the Berlin uh, from San Bernardino, California, one of my MBA students who wrote, I recommend the book, The Daily Stoic, a one page a day if anyone's feeling cloudy, uh, and then we, we create problems and make them bigger than what they are. And I'm guilty of that. We are human. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and then you've got a, a follow-up here. And let me bookmark this because I, I want to read this. Oops, hold on a second. Yeah, so it's called the, the Daily Stoic, right? Ah, hold on a second, guys. I've got this new damn keyboard that you have to push a button to switch computers. So give me one second. And I'm 50, man. I'm old. Okay, here we go. Thank you. All right. I, I, I'll check it out. Thank you so much for that. Oh, and then Scott Duffy, my, ma my man from Toronto, uh, wrote, Ah, Chris, I love you too. I miss you, man. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. And Scott actually got, um, I think the last time I saw you in person, no, I, saw, I think I saw you in Berlin. But I remember you got an award for like top Udemy teacher of the year a couple of years ago. And so cool, man. And everyone gave you a standing ovation. I remember that. That was here in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, Om said, I have another question. Sure. I want to ask you is about home buying. I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, and the home prices here are insane. I know. 880 square feet condo for about $900,000 in Yaletown. Do you think that we're in a housing bubble? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. W without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, but what, what's really helped Vancouver and the Vancouver market really took off after the, uh, the, the, uh, the Olympics in Vancouver. Remember the Winter Olympics with Gretzky years ago? Uh, the whole world saw it. And right after the Olympics, Vancouver became the fourth most expensive city in the world. Now, you also have a lot of buying in Vancouver and the West Coast United States from billionaires in China. And the reason is because about 10 years ago in China, the government basically decided in order to cool down the housing market, the government decided that you can't own, can't own more than two or three houses in China. And so a lot of people started buying houses here. In fact, around the corner from me here, I live in a, a town called Hillsboro. Uh, there's a bunch of houses owned by very wealthy people in, in, in China. They're very well maintained, but they're empty. They're empty, yeah. My grandfather used to say, buy land, Chris. They're not making it anymore. I miss you, Gramps. Yeah. But I'd, I'd, I'd wait. Uh, I think interest rates are going to go up, which is going to adversely impact uh, the real estate market. Uh, and you'll have a good buying opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And I just I just bought a place in Texas, uh, a couple in southern Ontario as well. I'm renting out buildings, that sort of thing. Uh, and that's going to be part of a course I have on real estate coming out soon. Yeah. Oh, my God, Scott. Scott, you live in Portugal now. I had no idea. Wow, dude, that, that is awesome. Very, very cool. I, I love it. Uh, I, I love Portuguese food as, as well. Uh, very cool, especially pudding. It's the best pudding on, on the planet. I had no idea you moved, man. Good for you. Hopefully you're paying a lot less taxes. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And you wrote, yeah, absolutely. I'll connect. Awesome. It'd be, it'd be great, to, great to catch up. Yeah. That is awesome. I had no idea. Portugal. That is very cool. Okay. And then Rose from Virginia uh, wrote, uh, is there a specific reason Andrew, my son, uh, wants to go to UVA? Uh, it's an interesting choice considering there's so many prestigious schools uh, in, in California. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He visited and he, I guess he, he liked it. He went there with, with my wife. Uh, but when he, when he was there, there, there's a football game, I think against Notre Dame. Um, and I think he preferred to go to Notre Dame, but it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But my son picks schools based on the quality of the sports team. If he wants to go at all, which is his call. Yeah, I'm not pressuring him. Okay. Next up, uh, David Yerman. It's great to see you. It's been a while, man. Uh, David wrote, uh, Yer, Chris, good day to you and the crew. Thank you. Uh, and then you wrote, so upset about Ukraine uh, being invaded by, by Russia. Yeah. Uh, and then you wrote, I think it's just Putin, not Russian citizens. Yeah. I'm losing money in this market, but I'm learning a lot. Yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate what's happening. And apparently, according to the media, there's only been there's been 80 bombings, brutal, but only on military targets so far, not, not civilian targets, but there will be casualties. Patricia, how are you? Patricia's in my MBA program. Great to see you. Good morning to you as well. Okay. Question is from MT, do you like chocolate? I do, I have dark chocolate almost every day. It's a wonderful antioxidant. I have it with my coffee, I love it. Okay. David wrote, Florida's become a, a Trump country. Uh, and though I liked some of his policies, he's uh, emboldened race, oh, racist people to act out and people to not uh, wear their mask during COVID. They need help down there, yeah. Um, Zishan wrote, hello, Chris. Thanks for the emoji. Appreciate it. Christoph, how are you? Christoph's from Canada, libertarian. I think I remember I haven't seen you about two months. Hope you're doing well. Um, uh, and so Christoph wrote, uh, 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 
Okay, you're, you're talking directly to OM, not to me there. Okay, when you guys talk to each other, and please do a lot of this. I love when you talk to each other. Just put the at sign uh, for, uh, the name first. Thanks. Okay, Nicholas is at 4,000 steps. Nice. I got to get to 10,000 by the end of today. I'll do it. Uh, and then Harsh wrote, it's my birthday today, sir. Happy birthday, Harsh. And thank you so much for recommending a movie that changed my life. You recommended to me a number of times last year and the year before to watch The Three Idiots, which is the number one grossing Bollywood film of all time. Anybody that has kids or doesn't have kids, you have to watch that movie. I laughed and I cried several times. It's about three hours long. Came out in 2009. It's a life changer. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Happy birthday. Fred, how are you? Fred Mendoza. Good to see you. Fred is from Baltimore. He's an expert in options. And Fred graduated from my MBA program last year. Thank you so much for the video you sent me by the, the Lincoln Memorial that uh, Christina played at our graduation. I miss you. I hope you're doing well. And thank you again for all the help with the options stuff. Appreciate it. Okay. And Harsh is 20 years old now. Oh, it'll be 20. Yeah. I'm 24. Well, I'm 50, but the life expectancy globally has gone up 26 years since the 1950s. So I'm 50. I'm 24 now. Yeah. With the maturity of a 10-year-old or something. I still play video games all the time. My, my latest game is, is Horizon West. I just downloaded it on my, my PS5. Yeah. It's fun. Good graphics. Although my, 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 the best game now I love is, uh, is Age of Empires 4. I play it on my laptop every night. Harsh said, any tips for me as you're 20 now? Yeah. So I would just say, don't listen to anybody around you in terms of what career to pick. Do what you're most passionate about. Otherwise, you'll spend the rest of your life living your life on someone else's terms. Network like crazy and find your passion and your purpose. And don't chase money chase your dreams and just don't worry about failing because if you chase money, you lose your money and your dreams. But if you chase your dreams and you fail a bunch of times, you don't give a damn what people think something wonderful happens. Your dreams come true. You live your life in your own terms. Like Scott Duffy, who now lives in Portugal. I'm jealous of you, Scott. Okay. Um, and Zishan wrote, uh, I'm going to be preparing for my campus placements this March for the post of cost accountant. I want to ask you about how I prepare a good CV and interview tips. Yeah. So you can go to Udemy or my, or my website and just download. I have a course called the Complete Job Course. Um, it's the only course I have where there's a lifetime money back guarantee because I'm, I'm, I'm convinced it'll help you. I promise you. Or you can take my MBA program and I go into a lot more detail on stuff as well. Okay. Okay. Christina wrote, uh, the rookie movie in 2002 is available for free. If you have Disney plus plus streaming subscription, this movie here, it's an oldie from 2002, but a goodie. Yeah. yeah check it out. I, I love it. And I got to finish watching that, that Boba Fett show and the Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, uh, shows coming out in Disney this May. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Okay, and then Christoph wrote, I can't remember Chris, will you be providing a real estate program later this year or is that a later project? Everything is in, in development, yeah, in development, yeah. But this NFT thing, I'm so excited about, push real estate back a bit, yeah. All right, uh, moving on to Alex. Alex wrote, hi Chris, can you please share your thoughts on Home Depot uh, and Procter & Gamble? Yeah, Home Depot uh, had poor guidance the other day when their report earnings before the market opened. 
down 7%. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and Home Depot is great to monitor because it's it's kind of a channel check on, on how the economy is progressing because a lot of uh, contractors buy directly from Home Depot. You also want to look at Granger, ticker GWW, and Fastenal, ticker F-A-S-T, uh, for a channel check on how uh, the economy is doing because a lot of contractors buy from those three companies. Yeah. Although Lowe's had decent decent earnings, a little bit better than Home Depot. Expectations were, were, were low. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't done much work on, on Home Depot uh, recently, but every company has every company has one or two drivers. Okay, uh, and, and so what, what that means is one or two things to make stocks go up or down. Uh, and so for Home Depot, a lot of it might be predicated on the health of the housing market as well. Yeah. And in the in the in the retail sector, it's same store sales, SSS. You look at organic growth always. Uh, you asked about uh, Procter and Gamble uh, ticker PG, yeah. So Procter and Gamble is it's a defensive uh, 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 defensive company. It tends to outperform uh, during economic recessions, and the reason it tends to outperform is because well, it's defensive, and you know when the economy sucks, we're still going to buy deodorant and other products as well. Um, and I got rejected by Procter and Gamble. I interviewed with them uh, when I was an, uh, an undergrad. Um, and it, it was a brutal interview, dude. So here's what happened. There was, there was a, I'm fully transparent with all my many failures, um, but there was a woman that, that interviewed me and she said this, she said, you own a parking lot and your biggest competitor owns a parking lot across the street. Your competitor cuts their price from five bucks to four bucks, but you're still charging five bucks. What do you do? And what she was looking at was for me to talk about some great marketing campaign, yada, yada. I said this, I kid you not. I said, well, what I would do is I'd walk across the street and I'd talk to the competitor and I'd say, listen, hey, I'll cut my prices to four bucks too, but let's let's not cut prices anymore, okay? And then what, what happened? I didn't know. I was a kid. I still am. What happened was the interviewer went like this. She put her glasses like this. She goes... That's collusion. That's against the law. So I didn't get that job. All right. And I tried to boycott P&G. I remember going back to my fraternity house that night. Uh, and I was like, dude, I'm never consuming or using any P&G products anymore. And I was eating Pringles chips. My buddies, my fraternity were saying, dude, Pringles are for P&G. And I was like, okay, screw that then. I was in the shower using head and shoulders. They're like, that's P&G. You, you can't avoid them. They're, they're everywhere. All right. All right. Next up, MT wrote, what are your views on the glutamine scam these days becoming too popular? I guess I don't know anything about that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thanks. But if anybody else knows, please uh, let, let us know. Thank you. Moving on to David Yerman, who wrote, I read that 10,000 steps was not really researched. It was a Japanese advertising plan. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've never. Yeah, I, I just picked a, a round number. But what I've actually done uh, in this room over the past two years, I average 20,000 steps a day. And so if you take 20,000 times 365 times two, that's about 14.6 million steps I took on this cheap little treadmill under my desk here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Nicholas said, thank you, Chris. I'm 36 minutes behind. You're, you're most welcome. And what we also do is we have a podcast. We've had a podcast for a couple of years now. It's just a re-syndication of this event. So you can listen on all the podcasting platforms to it as well. Yeah, thanks. Okay. All right, moving on to Ava. 
who wrote, uh, do you plan to do a conference or speaking event where the HEB students and others can attend to hear you speak? Yeah, so I do it every year um, uh, here uh, in California. Uh, I rent a museum um, and last year was December 18th. Uh, that was a Saturday. This year it's gonna be December 17th, which is a Saturday. Uh, and anybody in my MBA program, whether or not you've graduated, doesn't matter, you, you can come as well. Yeah, and we had a blast, yeah. And, and you can see my commencement speech from it uh, on my YouTube channel, I, I think at the beginning of January or something, yeah. Thank you. That's when we published it, yeah. Okay. Um, we've got a Tan Moy who wrote, uh, I'm a, a student in California. What type of technical knowledge uh, uh, can, can help me? Yeah. So it, it, it all depends on what your passion is. If you first of all tell me what your career passion is, then I can answer that question better. But I don't think you can go wrong learning Python, for example, right now. Yeah. Or anything that Angela Yu creates, or more importantly, it's Scott Duffy creates. Yeah. So check out Scott Duffy if you want to take your career to the next level by learning cloud software. He's the man. Yeah. And he's the, the founder of softwarearchitect.ca, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my people, Canadian. Ava asked, uh, what do you think of people with creative aspirations, such as film production, writing, et cetera, pursuing an MBA? Is there a value in that? Yeah. Only pursue like a, a, a traditional $100,000 waste of money MBA. Only do that if you've set up 100 networking meetings and you still can't change careers. Because I promise you, if you set up 100 networking meetings and you really follow through, you will be able to change careers. And I say 100 meetings, because if you think every meeting costs you 1,000 bucks, then 1,000 bucks times 100 meetings is $100,000, which is the cost of an MBA. And what I used to teach during the evenings uh, here in the Bay Area, uh, what I would do is at the beginning of each semester, there, there were 10-week 10, 10, uh, sessions at several universities. I would tell my students, I would say this on first day, first day class. I would say, if over the next 10 weeks, if I told all of you, that if you did 10 informational meetings, that's one per week. If you did that, you'd be guaranteed to get the job of your dreams. Would you do it? And all 70 hands in the class would go up. I love big classes. And then on the, on the last day of class, right before the final, I would always ask, how many people did 10 meetings? No hands would go up. How many did nine? No hands. How many did eight? Maybe one or two hands would go up. And those students that put their hands up, they never got the top grades but they always got the job of their dreams. And so the bottom line is relationships are more important than product knowledge. Your network is your net worth. Uh, moving on to MT who wrote, uh, do you think uh, there should be uh, real estate control as this industry damages ecology? Plus many people can't afford houses uh, and there are empty houses. Yeah, yeah. So I would, um, I mean, obviously I'm a, I'm a big environmentalist. Um, so absolutely. But at the same time, I think it's a little bit ridiculous here in the Bay Area in California where I live, where there's there's so much wonderful, uh, wonderful land that's not occupied, that it's government protected because it's par there are parks. Uh, I think some of that land should be should go towards building more houses. It's just not fair. Yeah. I'm sure the environmentalists are going to hate me now. Okay, moving on to, to Jason, uh, who wrote, uh, Jason Roy, every time I see your name, I always think of, of, of Kendall Roy and my favorite television show, Succession. 
so uh, uh, Jason wrote, um, Chris, uh, do you think there'll be a housing market crash coming soon in the United States? As you know, the prices are very high for houses now, uh, even with interest rates going up. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it's, if you look historically, whenever rates rise a lot, um, and I think they're gonna be going up a, a bunch, uh, but whenever rates rise a bunch, uh, it has an adverse impact on the housing market. And the housing market is very cyclical too. There, there's 10 year cycles, right? It's even more extreme than venture capital. Yeah, so, yeah. But I'm still, I mean, I'm not buying right now, but if I find investments where, you know, I, I put a smaller down payment down and when I rent it out, you know, the, the, rent's, the, the rent covers the mortgage, uh, then I'll, I'll probably still go ahead and do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you always want to buy uh, the, the crappiest house in the nicest neighborhood instead of buying the nicest house in the crappiest neighborhood. Yeah. My, my, my grandfather told me, Chris, the three most important things with real estate are location, location, location. And also try to buy a place uh, where you can Airbnb uh, one of the rooms. And that can actually pay for part or all your mortgage if you do it right. Yeah. Or while you look at houses, if, there, if you can think about putting a door on the outside of one of the rooms, so it's not part of the main house, and rent that out to Air, through Airbnb if, if the municipality allows you to, that might help you actually pay all or part of the mortgage. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Rose Rose from Virginia. I wrote, uh, I make music and write. And Chris's MBA has helped me uh, start an entertainment company. So I think uh, there's value in it for you as, as well. And you wrote that to Eva. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. And thank you so much for, uh, for, for heading up the yearbook as well. Two years ago. I appreciate that. You did a great job. Okay, next up, Avi Pro. Dude, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. How are you doing? Avi Pro is a pilot uh, from uh, Sweden. Uh, and he's interested in technology as well. Yeah. Uh, and he wrote The Fighting Irish, which is a reference to uh, my comment uh, about Notre Dame uh, earlier on, which is a great school. And if you haven't seen the movie Rudy, you got to check it out. It, Rudy is kind of like this. Uh, it's it's this guy who plays football. It's a real story at, at Notre Dame. And anyway, it's a great movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, Hari wrote, always good to see you uh, live, Chris, my mentor. Thank you. Great to see you. And thanks for the heart. Right back at you. Harsh said, thank you, Chris. You're most welcome, Harsh, and happy birthday again. Oh, it'll be 20 again. Patricia wrote, where do you see fuel prices going in the next few months? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a lot of, uh, because war just broke out, you know, prices are rising now. It all depends on what happens next. I, I, I have no idea if, if Putin is going to try to control prices or stop uh, production or shipments to, to, to Western Europe and, I don't know, sell to China instead. China's a big ally of Russia now. I have no idea. Probably higher. Yeah. Yeah. But the United States is, is uh, it's, we're self-sufficient when it comes to natty gas, but prices will still go up anyway. Yeah. Eric, how are you? Um, and uh, uh, you wrote, uh, we are made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, we don't need masks if we realize the full expression of our God-given uh, latent potential uh, to resist uh, all, all diseases. Yeah. So I, uh, I carry a mask with me everywhere. Um, and so like, we don't have to wear masks in California uh, uh, anymore um, in, in, in many places. So whenever I'm in, in the gym, 
I put this on, if nobody's around me, I mean, if, if sorry, if people are around me, but if I'm on the elliptical trainer at my gym, um, if someone's right next to me, I still wear them. Yeah, that's just me. Okay, uh, Avi Pro wrote, when will your NFT course be live? Uh, I'll be there. Thank you, I appreciate it. I'm not sure yet, but I've got a call with uh, Peyton Kalawahea, uh, who's my co-author on the course and uh, my, my inspiration. Uh, I think he's on the list today. I'm doing a one-on-one -on -one with him. I do 20-minute slots. Yeah, I just like doing that because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Okay. Um, Harold, hey, Harold, how are you? Wrote, um, hi, Chris. Uh, relax aging starts in the head. It's true. It's all up here. You wrote, I'm not worried about you. Uh, you're still 20. I enjoy your MBA course. Thanks. Thanks, dude. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, uh, and then next up, uh, Mudasim wrote, uh, Hi, Prof, uh, Prof Chris. Uh, although I'm late, uh, I believe in your hints. Uh, uh, I, I might pursue a CMT, again, with the MBA program, uh, and you were just joined, thank you. Or should I delay the CMT if the MBA will, uh, will yeah. Uh, you can do them both at the same time, yeah. Uh, and if you just purchase the, the MBA, you can always ask for your money back. You got 30 days. Um, but this is M your MBA on your terms. So you don't have to do it all within a couple months or a year. You got it for the rest of your life. And any new additions I add to the program, uh, including programming courses, which are coming soon, uh, as electives, you'll, you'll get for free. It's, it's a one-time payment and you get all my, all my stuff added later. Yeah. So for example, I added 30 hours of, of new content um, uh, last year to the fourth semester. Yeah, new finance stuff. Okay. All right, give me one second here, guys, sorry. Okay, next up, uh, Eric wrote, I played a stock market game in 1995 and I put the majority of the fictional funds into Fastenal. Yeah, it, dude, it was a wonderful growth stock then. Even back in the early 2000s, I was an investor. It was wonderful when I invested in cyclicals, ticker FAST. It was like Granger, ticker GWW, but higher growth. Yeah. Okay, Aditya wrote, uh, the P&G story is very funny. Yeah, dude, I got reject. I got a worse one for you. Microsoft. Okay, so I wanted to work at Microsoft so badly, right? Um, it, Scott Duffy, I'm sure you know it. Plenty of folks at Microsoft. I wanted to work there so badly. It was 1993. I read every book about Bill Gates at that, that point in time. I was at McGill University, and Microsoft came to campus to interview in the computer science department. And I got an interview. I was like, oh, dope, awesome. And so I didn't know how to prepare. And so I went out and I bought the best suit I could find. Which is a cheap double-breasted suit. I didn't have much money then. Um, and I show up to the interview. I thought, you have to wear a suit to interviews. And then what happened was um, the, the, the interviewer was late. And so I'm waiting there. And then uh, this, this, this lady shows up. And she's got, like, her clothes are really messy. Her shirt's untucked and stuff. I thought she was the garbage lady. So I picked this up. And I said, uh, la, la poubelle, which is French for garbage. It's fun to say the word poubelle, I don't know why. And I, and I tried to give it to her. And uh, she said, actually, I'm from Microsoft. I'll be interviewing you today. So I didn't get that job either. But at least you get a good chuckle at my expense. Yeah. But I did get to meet Bill Gates a, a number of times after that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Benjamin wrote, uh, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, 
how come the, the total option course was $230 USD on your website and later is available on Udemy for $10? Uh, is it the same course? Yeah, no, no, no. So what I did, and I'll show you exactly from full disclosure perspective. So when I released that options course for the first couple of weeks, it was 230 bucks. And the reason was because I actually, when you bought it, there was a two day, uh, there was a two day conference on Friday and a Saturday, 10 hours each day where I taught the course live. Okay. But if you go here, uh, you'll see that I cut the pricing point. It's see here. Um, so if you go to view all products here, yeah, right here. Yeah. So it's the same as the price on, on Udemy here. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Thomas wrote, uh, Chris, it's heartwarming to learn uh, from such a charismatic teacher like you. Thank you. Uh, will you include the real estate course in the MBA curriculum? Thanks. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and a longer version as well with a lot more exhibits, case studies, etc. Absolutely. And yes, I will be covering virtual real estate as well, like NFT stuff as well. Yeah. So virtual real estate, it's basically, um, let's say that we're, and I'll explain the market real quick. Let's say that uh, we're doing a Zoom call, all of us, okay, in class. And, and I say to you, hey man, why don't we actually go to Central Park? I rented this place there uh, and do our Zoom meeting there. And so boom, we teleport. And you, know, you, you can either use these things or just use the arrow keys in your keyboard. And we can meet by Central Park and rent an apartment there for say a buck a day, virtually. So there, there is a market for that. Airbnb is going to be a big player in that market as well. Okay, uh, and then and Tenmoy wrote, uh, sorry, I was trying to say, uh, I'm a chartered account. Okay, CA, I got you, from India. Uh, my question is, what type of soft skills uh, shall I need? Yeah, well, I, I think the ability to identify uh, and connect with people. And a big rookie mistake in business is you go to your first meeting, and you just jump right into business. You gotta bond before business always. Get to know them a bit first. Always, always, always. You never get that second chance to make a great first impression. That's a cheesy line from an old head and shoulders commercial, I think. And if you're not sure what to talk about with somebody, here's what you do. Before your meeting, go to their Twitter profile or their Insta profile and see who they follow. If they follow, I don't know, cricketers that you follow as well, you can talk about cricket. You know, if they follow Bollywood movies that, that you're passionate about, um, you know, like The Three Idiots, which is one of my favorite movies, talk about that, that sort of thing. So it just, it helps you to understand, you know, what, what, to, how, what how to network by going to somebody's Twitter profile before you meet with them, yeah. And never follow politicians on your Twitter profile because half the people will like you, half won't. I don't know what half. Okay, uh, moving on to Eric who wrote here, uh, I've been thinking of making small batches of products that I could sell if and when Home Depot supply chains break down. Maybe I can make parts for plumbers, uh, et cetera. Uh, and then you wrote, I'm working on a Google data analytics certificate and signed up uh, for Chris's nine course package deal. Thank you. Uh, I started watching that financial analyst course. I've applied a few data uh, to a few data analyst uh, positions. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and, and, and if I can humbly help you in any way, uh, please let me know. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to, if, if you want, what you can do is send me a message because you, you bought my program. Uh, send me a message to support at haroonventures.com. 
uh, and I'll set up a one-on-one with you. I'll go through your LinkedIn profile and help you with anything you want. Okay. Thank you for that. And uh, what, uh, what what Eric is referring to is is I have a special um, on my website. So if you go to, I don't know, go to Haroon, HaroonVentures.com. Uh, if you go here, there's, uh, I have a nine course business bundle for 49 bucks. Uh, there's 30 day money back guarantee. It's a great deal. Uh, I also have a subscription uh, program as well. You can find out here. It's kind of a new product for me. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, Asana wrote, um, have the value of college degrees in non-technical fields gone down? Um, I, I think so. I, I think so. I mean, I think it's ridiculous uh, to, to spend a hundred grand a four-year undergraduate education. I think in my lifetime, only 50 universities are gonna survive. And people are gonna tell themselves, if I'm gonna go to university, I'll, I'll go only to a good brand name like Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Stanford, whatever. So, and I think universities will go from being four years undergrad to two years. And the two years will be supplemented with, with online, what, what we do here, Scott and I do here, yeah. Uh, and then you wrote, uh, why is it that many employers in non-technical fields want a minimum of a bachelor's degree, but tend to pay less than $20 an hour? It's ridiculous, dude, I know. When I worked at Accenture in Ottawa, eight million years ago, I remember I made $9 an hour after tax. And that's that was $19,000 US per year or 29,000 Canadian, which is all the money in the world for me. Yeah, I lived okay on that actually too. Um, but it, you know, it was, it was ridiculous. And then what, what made me mad was I was billed out at like 150 bucks per hour, even though I made only nine bucks. It was ridiculous, but I'm glad it happened because it motivated me to start my own company. Yeah, but a lot of tech companies and a lot of traditional companies do not require a bachelor's degree anymore. Here's some examples, Google. Facebook, Apple, IBM, Wells Fargo, B of A, the list goes on and on and on. You do not need an undergraduate degree to get into those companies and many others as well. Education, as we know it, bricks and mortar, educational uh, organizations are in secular decline. And what's gonna happen is a lot of, a lot of universities are gonna go bankrupt, right? They'll, they'll, tuition won't be enough to pay the bills. And then what they'll do is they'll call all the alumni and you know, get a you know Hail Mary pass to try to raise a lot to save the school. They'll deplete their endowments and they'll go belly up. Yeah. Okay. And then Avi Pro wrote, as, Cle- as Clint Eastwood said, don't let the old man in. Yeah, he's great, man. All right, I don't know how many more movies he's gonna have, but I'll watch every single one. He's wonderful. He was mayor too of a, a, a town just south of me here for a while. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then Chris wrote here, Chris, where can I buy your, your geeky desk? Yeah, thanks. So you can go to, um, uh, so, so this is called uh, Up, Uplift Desk. Um, I, I have a couple of these things. This one's massive, but you, you, can buy, you can buy ones like this anywhere. You can go to Amazon if you want. Or what you can do just to get ideas is you start off by going to um, uh, going to fully.com. Let's go there together. All right, let's go to fully.com. And then you go to, and I bought these for, for my employees actually, this and the nice Herman Miller chairs and stuff, yeah. Um, but this is where I, I bought my, my first one. They're a little bit pricey. You can get something just as good on Amazon, right? 
So you start here and, and you build it. Um, you build it from scratch, right? You design your own. Um, get a bigger one you think you need. Trust me on that, right? Um, so you can get uh, larger by 150 bucks. Get get a big one, whatever. If you can get it in time, everything is 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 backward these days. You can add um, plugs in the side and anyway. And there's so many other things you can buy accessories. This is where they make the bulk of their profit. Yeah, uh, but then they make a good product. Yeah, it is pricey. Uh, again, I recommend going to Amazon and buying something cheaper. Yeah. Okay, next up, Rawlings, how are you? It's been a while. Uh, Rawlings uh, uh, graduated from my MBA program last year. He's from uh, Nigeria originally, and he connected with uh, Kemi Tade, who's one of my amazing Nigerian students that's based in Ottawa now. She's great. Uh, um, uh, and Y Combinator had her do a big presentation online recently um, you, on, on, on raising money in Africa. You can check that out if you want to. So uh, Rawlings wrote, hello mentor, Chris, please. Uh, I've been working on my private website, which is a health and wellness blog. Sincerely, I'm getting discouraged because of a lack of traffic as, and, yeah. Uh, and as a result, although the website um, has been monetized, I need advice and help. Yeah, it, it's hard to look. When you first start doing social media, um, it feels like you're, at first you're excited and then you feel like you're screaming into the wind because you're not getting many views or likes. And most people feel that way. And your competition will give up because of that. But just remember, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Just keep at it. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk used to say that in his early days, he'd do podcasts with like two people listening. And he got hardly any views for his wine channel on, on YouTube. You got to stick at it. And, and he's not an overnight success. No one that does well on YouTube or any social media platform or any industry is an overnight success. You know, they're, they're like 40-year overnight successes, so to speak. And when you embark upon a goal, and I got I got to walk to talk about this, and this will be fun. When you first come up with a goal, and remember what Lao Tzu said. Lao Tzu said that the journey of a, a thousand miles begins with a single step. When you, start, when you first embark upon a goal, you're excited. Your goal is the top of the mountain. That's a metaphor for your goal. I can see it. And you're excited and, and, and you're, you start picking up the pace, you know, you're, you're moving towards it, you're happy, you're excited. And then what happens is you slow down and you're like, you meander this way and this way and you're like, I can't see, it. where's the top of the mountain? Where's my goal? I can't see it anymore. I'm going to give up. Don't give up. The reason you can't see the top of the mountain, which is a metaphor for your goal, is because you're halfway up the mountain and you just can't see it. But just know in your heart you are getting closer. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Be long-term focused because as Warren Buffett said, the longer the view, the wiser the intention. All right. Okay, cool. All right, uh, Eric wrote here, uh, you could put a treadmill under that desk. Yeah, exactly. That's what I did too. I have the cheapest treadmill you can buy on, on the market. Uh, it works out great. You wrote, I also built a nice looking Scandinavian style desk for about 50 bucks. It's better quality than, than Ikea. Very cool. Swedish for common sense. Okay, and, and then Sadiq wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, how are you doing? I'm always great, thanks. I hope you're doing well. Uh, you wrote here, just a quick question. 
What role would you recommend in investment banking and valuation? Backend or front end? If the purpose is longer term and the intent is to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about technology. So, so backend means like databases. Front end means like graphical user interface. Um, I do whatever you're most passionate about. Like for me, I love front end user designs. You know, I'm, I'm a nerd. You know, I, I love geeky platforms like Visual Studio and creating visual basic buttons and all that crap more than I enjoy databases. Just do whatever you, you enjoy most. And if you're not sure, then just take a basic course in SQL, Structured Query Language. And if you're passionate about that and that's fun for you, then think about doing backend stuff. And an easy way to start with databases is just download Microsoft Access and play around with it. And if you enjoy it, and I've done a lot of programming with, 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 um, with Access in the past and Visual Basic, whatever. If you enjoy that sort of thing, the backend stuff, like Access, then I would focus on the backend. If you enjoy the more artistic side of creating a dialogue box and stuff, I'd do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, and then the Berlin wrote, uh, for anyone uh, looking for a desk, uh, go to Home Depot. They have a Husky workbench with drawers adjustable manually. It's cheaper than all the tables out there. And they have a 52 inch and 72 inch uh, uh, out of stock though. Yeah, yeah, like everything else these days, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love Home Depot. I love walking around Home Depot. Even if I'm not gonna buy anything, it's just kind of fun, yeah. Okay, um, uh, Arjun wrote, uh, Chris, when investing in startups, do venture capital firms vet all financial state statements well before making the decision? It all depends on the stage. If it's a later stage company, pre-IPO, meaning a C or D round, then they'll look at the financial statements closely, right? But if it's early stage, there are no financials. It's just a concept and a management team. So it depends on the stage. But oh yeah, later stage, they do a lot of work. Now the best venture capital firm in the, on the planet is Meritech. Uh, when it comes to late stage. So you can go to Meritech's website. They're here in the Bay Area. I know uh, George Bishop, a bunch of the guys, they're great guys. Almost worked there actually a while ago, years ago before I started teaching. Uh, but look at their investment uh, uh, philosophy on their website. Again, the name of the firm is Meritech. Uh, reach out to them as well if you want to. They're, they're good guys, yeah. But they do a lot of due diligence as well. That's why they outperform. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Sadiq wrote, uh, sorry, perhaps I, I should have articulated well. Oh, please. I'm sorry if I misread a question. Uh, it's not about IT. I meant back end role is that, oh, I see, where I don't get to interact with the clients. Okay, sorry about that, yeah. Yeah, so it, when you first start out in, invest, in investment banking, you're not gonna interact with clients anyway. Just like when you first start out in the consulting industry, they're not gonna put you in front of clients. Um, you're gonna be doing just more administrative stuff. Uh, like for me, I was became a very, very good photocopier after working in consulting for a while, and at Goldman as well. Um, yeah, they won't let you talk to clients. But once you get into more senior roles, what happens is you will be in front of clients. And a partner at an investment bank or a consulting firm is a euphemism for a salesperson. So once you progress in these firms, you will be client facing and you'll only progress if you can sell. And that's what a partner is. Somebody that can sell. Okay, Arjun wrote, uh, can you explain Swift, which is all over the internet now? Yeah, so Swift is an international payments uh, platform uh, where banks uh, interact with each other. Uh, and so the reason you're probably hearing of it is because the Biden administration threatened Russia about a month ago by saying they're gonna block all Swift-based payments 
to and from Russia. Yeah, that's why people are talking about it now. But just think of it kind of like the, the infrastructure for international payments. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and, and, and next up, uh, Eric wrote, uh, speaking of Angela Yu at Udemy, I love her course and I want to take her Python course. She's wonderful. She's great. She's larger than life. So, and I met her when I was in Berlin as well. She's amazing, right? She, she's funny as well. I actually did a call with her not too long ago. We did a Zoom call. She's dope. Um, she's cool. Uh, or groovy, as people are supposed to say, my, my age, not dope. Um, but but she's unbelievable. So what she did was she did this, she did this Udemy event uh, where it was an Instagram live thing. She was taking questions, and while she was taking questions, she was baking a cake, and it was like a perfect cake while she took questions. And she's a doctor too. It's like anyway, it's amazing. But she's not passionate about medicine, which is why she went into teaching. Yeah, she's cool. Okay. And she has a British accent, which means she speaks gooder than I do. I always think people with British accents are smarter. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, and Sadiq wrote, thanks, Chris. I'm currently in the process of being hired. I'll keep you updated. I hope things go well. Me too. Me too. Cool. All right, guys. Well, well, this was fun. Um, if you're taking my Silver MBA program, um, you can join me uh, and do Zoom with me right now. Okay. Actually, at... at, at, at Oh my God, did I forget to end the call? <gasps> Shoot. No, that my alarm went off a little while ago. I was, I'm supposed to be doing the, the, the silver call now. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. So this weekly call, it's 10.30 now. If anybody wants me to join silver, I'm so sorry, I'm late. Um, I feel awful now. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, what I'll do is I'll extend that call for, for you guys that, that are on silver. All right, uh, so I'm supposed to, look, the older I get, the better I was. I had a senior moment there. But I'm supposed to end this call at 10 a.m. now and start the uh, the Zoom call for my Silver MBA students. So if you're a, a, an MBA student in the Silver MBA program, which is my on-demand MBA program, um, you can go to the first lesson of your curriculum and click on the link and do a webcast with me now. And we can do Zoom as well. I can go through your LinkedIn profile, help you make it better and humbly uh, help you with anything you want business-wise. Um, and uh, for those of you that are interested uh, in, in the Silver, uh, MBA program. You just go to uh, Haroon Education Ventures and then uh, just go to all courses here um, or buy the Haroon MBA program, whatever. Uh, and then here it's uh, it, it's the first, this one here. Yeah. So just click here and 30 day money back guarantee and all that great stuff. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you in the silver program, if you go to the first lecture, let's see here. If you go to the very first lecture, if you're logged in right here, it says how to access the weekly silver on demand uh, MBA students only office hours webcast that's supposed to start at 10 a.m. I'm having so much fun here. I couldn't wrap it up early. So I'm going to get off this call now and I'll see you guys all, all in there uh, and I'll help you out with your LinkedIn profiles. Anything you want to do over Zoom, you're the customer. So I want to thank you all for your time. Uh, I'll see you uh, next Thursday and every Thursday between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. So God bless y'all. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. I'll see you next week. Thanks. Well, that ends this week's podcast. I want to thank you very much for your time. If you want to download my latest book for free or get access to coupons on my courses or learn more about my MBA degree program and much more, please visit haroonventures.com. Again, that's haroonventures.com. Thanks again for listening in.